Hello, everybody. Hello. This is Anime is for Jerks. My name is Cass. And I am Alex. And this month, we are talking about the first 21 episodes of Mobile Suit Gundam, directed by Yoshiyuki Tomino, uh, and produced by uh, Nippon Sunrise. Uh, Alex, what did you think about the first half of Mobile Suit Gundam? Uh, it's... They got in the Gundam. They did get in the Gundam. They sure got in the Gundam. I don't know. There are episodes. There are episodes I liked overall. Like, it's, it's Gundam. Yeah, it's it, it's. There's a lot of the show, so it's it's definitely like <laughs> it's it's like. If you cut out half of these episodes, the show would be a lot better. Just because it, it's the same thing that we said about Utena, which is that like yeah. there's a lot of episodes that are just like, there and they don't really do anything. Um. You know, but there's nothing as funny as the egg episode, at least so far. That's true. We have not yet encountered something as quite as good as the egg episode. Episode 27 of Utena, Nanami's egg. Um. So yeah. So I guess like it's 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 a a fascinating show to watch from like an an archaeological perspective. (laughs) You know, yeah, like uh, it's 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 almost it almost feels inconsequential whether or not the show is good. Um, because so like much so much more of it is about just like, oh, this is where it all comes from. This is why right, this is why right. anime is like this. Yeah, uh, earlier like last week, I was rereading. Um, this is going to sound totally unrelated, but I was rereading the Ways of Seeing by John Berger. And, like, a lot of the stuff, especially what he talks about in terms of objectification and advertising, and uh, is it, it, it sounds very obvious. Then you're like, it's only, it's, a lot of it is obvious because of this book. Yeah. Uh, and similarly with, yeah, with Gundam, like, a lot of, so much of kind of what came after is it's like Seinfeld in a lot of ways in that like <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, unless yeah. you grew up watching Seinfeld if you just try to go back and watch Seinfeld now it's not going to be that funny to you because the idea of a show about four mis- misanthropic 20 somethings just being assholes is like that's what every tv show is now you know but it was revolutionary in the 90s right, um, right, right. yeah but I, the thing that struck me the most about this show was from the very beginning was how it it doesn't feel like it's figuring itself out it feels like it feels like it just sort of like emerges fully formed as like this concept for a thing um like mm-hmm. it doesn't um Unlike, say, Evangelion, which has, like, these sort of, like, rough patches early on and then sort of progressively gets better and more interesting, the show maintains a consistent level of quality through, like, average level of episode quality and uh, throughout, you know. I guess that's true. Um, You know, there are good episodes and there are are less good episodes, but it it has this just sort of, like, very confident identity immediately from the very beginning. Um, so, right. so I guess we can talk a little bit about, um, what giant robot shows were like before this 
show because so so uh robot shows in japan were like there were there were, so there were robot shows before this and we talked about this at the end of the last episode br- briefly there was there was like mazinger z and Tessigen 28 go and a bunch of other shows like that um and they all mostly revolved around like a ma- vaguely magical or like super powered robot and the magic boy who pilots it with assistance from like the loving father figure who created it um, is basically what all of those uh, what all of those shows are, and you can see that in in Evangelion actually, because Eva is is extremely a subversion deconstruction of the super robot show, in that it yeah. makes instead of having like a kindly you know scientist father figure, it has this like you know weird guy with opaque glasses who always has his hands in front of his mouth, um, <laughs> you know it, it it distorts a number of elements of super robot shows. Um, right and you can see the you can see some of the beginnings of that here yeah so like what this show did is instead of like it it considers like the rope like the giant robots are not just the invention of some mad scientist they're like production units created by a military for war and the people who pilot them are soldiers you know and the robots so like what what gundam created is is called the real robot genre um, and whereas and and previously shows like Mazinger Z were just called robot shows, but then they they were sort of retroactively all became super robot shows um, because because Gundam just so, totally redefined what a robot show could be and what people wanted out of a robot show. Um, it was slightly ahead of its time because it was not popular when it first aired. Um, it, that, it, it that makes sense. <laughs> Um, it was supposed to be like 53 episodes. Um, and then they were, and then the, the TV station that it was airing on, um, got, uh, uh, basically was unhappy with their ratings and then cut it down to 36 episodes and they managed to negotiate back up to like 40 to the 43 that we have. Um, but it was after, and, and so the show then ended in, in 1980, um, and, when it ended, uh, it they started basically. The other important thing that the show did was it pioneered the idea of a mech show being buoyed entirely on the strength of toy sales uh, <laughs> rather than like TV advertising. Um, because what happened was um, Sunrise partnered with some toy manufacturers to make not just like figurines or like action figures, but they made like little plastic models of like like a model airplane but of of the the robots in the show so you would like build them it was like you know like you would a model airplane then you'd have a little figure of the robots from the show mm-hmm. uh and that was incredibly popular uh people and, fucking love that kind shit of the, and the kind of transforming robot was yes that um the transforming pi- yeah you, you can you this. like you look at the transformation sequence when the core fighter turns into the gundam and it's just like oh transformers was just ripping this show completely off huh yeah um uh, like even like straight up even the color scheme um <laughs> like optimus prime is just like hey can, can i cop can i copy your homework yeah but just don't make it too obvious <laughs> um, narrator voice they made it obvious yeah um and so after that uh then they made they made three films uh based on this show that sort of condensed it down into into three movies worth of of plot 
Um, and then eventually they made uh, Zeta Gundam, which was the the sort of follow-up sequel show to this, and then ZZ Gundam, and they made a bunch of the, and now there's a million Gundam series. Um, and it is, it is like a, a sort of huge phenomenon in Japan, but it was not that originally. Um, so we could talk uh, a little bit about or I guess we can start talking about what happens in this show. Uh, so this show takes place in a a distant-ish future where humanity has begun to build space colonies off Earth for reasons that at this point in the show have yet to really be elucidated. Um, and... Malthusian overpopulation. Uh, yeah. Um, and... Because, because that, that's the thing. Is that is are you are you are you guessing at that, or is that something that that you? Have I'm to, guessing okay. at that. I would. I, I, that feels like a real guess because it feels like the '70s were like peak people worrying about overpopulation. Because that's like when, because yeah. uh, like the population bomb came out in 1971 the Chinese government implemented their one China policy for, or their one child policy, not the one China policy. They still have that <laughs> different one, different policy. Dif- they, have different many, policy. they have too many fucking policies over there is what I'm saying. Uh, their one child policy, not the one China policy uh, for similar, similar concerns um, that turned out to be just be completely baseless. Uh, so yeah, so they're, they're building these um, big, uh, like, uh, because so they're not colonizing other planets. They're like constructing like space stations with like grass inside of them. Uh, yeah, big self-contained yeah um, habitats. Yeah, um, which are like based on like a they're like based on a different concept. What was that guy? Uh, the O'Neill Cylinder is what it's called. Um, the what? The O'Neill Cylinder, which. Uh, the what is a a it, it's basically exactly what you see in the Gundam. It's a cylinder with like land on the inside that spins so that you get centripetal force that forces people oh, okay, out to okay. simulate gravity. And uh, so they're building all of these, and then and they they place them at various Lagrange points around between the the Earth and the Moon, and then there are some on the far side of the Moon that decide <gasps> that they're they're fed up with this shit. Of being on the far side of the moon, and they they form the principality of Zeon. Um, See, so, yeah, it's a funny thing that happens with this because, like, in the first ten episodes or so, in the little blurb at the beginning where they give you the give you kind of the the, the rundown, they just say that uh, they want to be independent, uh, and then that's how the war started. That it was a war of independence, and then like at some point they they tweak the explanation yeah and it's a like a war of uh imperial like they're trying to actually take over yeah earth and the other colonies and uh i'm not sure like (laughs) 
why they because it's it's pretty clear that they had that idea from the beginning like you said the show kind of knows what it's doing from the start and from the start zeon is very nazi oh yes they're very nazi have you seen their flag uh, if I have, it's, it's got in and out of my brain. Uh, I will I will send you their flag via Discord. It's thank you. Yeah, it's a Nazi. Yeah, flag. it's a fucking it's a Nazi ass flag. Um. But yeah, so so it's not really just let us be our own country. It turns out to be uh, a, an imperialist. Uh, yeah such situation so i'm trying to like read some details about this on the gundam wiki and oh my god there's so much lore i mean yeah at at this point in our kind of progress of the show it doesn't really matter the like the show is like very clear that the kind of ultimate reasons that the leaders of the different countries are doing what they're doing aren't really what you should be worrying about you should care about the people who are dying because of it Uh, yeah so we are introduced to at the beginning of the show we're introduced to to amaro rey who is a uh like precocious young engineer dork uh and his and his very close Osinanajimi. Uh, uh, Frau, Frau Bo? Frau Bo? Frau Bo. Frau Bo. They, they, it's spelled Frau Bo, but it's pronounced consistently <laughs> Frau Bo, like the German word for uh, for, for a lady. Um, I mean, I'm guessing that was where they got Yeah, I have it. no fucking clue. And then it was just either something was either changed in the, um, like the transliteration into katakana or in the in the relocalization yeah during this during the subtitling but yeah it's frau bo yeah uh, we spelled uh f-a-r-w-o uh, yeah so but when you brought this up in chat i brought up uh turn a gundam which is uh, a much later gundam series the, the gun like in this show the names are weird, but they're 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 still like the reins on. And then by the time it turns a Gundam comes around, Tomino has just like has just been completely let loose, and uh, <laughs> so he names characters uh, Swetson Stero, Mary Bell Gadget, Agrippa Maintainer, uh, Cancer <laughs> Kafka, uh, and Meme Midgard. <laughs> uh. It's like yeah. it's like this like comb- like this like border of like uh of like baseball names and also like names from uh fighting baseball for the Super Famicom like Bobson <laughs> Bobson Bob- Dugnut shit. Uh, yeah. God, yeah, I'm looking at I I hadn't actually looked at the entire list of um oh. TV and films and the the Great Gundam project. What a what a curse to put on yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like Je- we we are gonna we are gonna spend two episodes on Gundam and then probably never touch it again. Uh, the Great Gundam Project is yeah They're another podcast. Forever. Yeah, uh, that, it's a very yeah. good podcast. 
Um, so yeah, so we meet we meet Amaro and we meet we meet Frau Bo. I'm just gonna call her Frau Bo because Frau Bo is a really Frau really Bo. bad mouthfeel. <laughs> um, and he yeah. they live on side seven, which is uh, a a one of one of the the Federation still Federation controlled uh, space stations, um, and he. And, and there, it turns out that their side is being used for storage and development of a new mobile suit. So mobile suits Very are what are like the in-universe names for uh, uh, for a giant mechs. robot, you know, uh, for, for a mech. Um, and the reason why the Zeons have been able to hold their own against a much more powerful federation is that the Zeons have mobile suits called Zakus. Um, and the thing is, so the thing, uh, and we talked about this actually briefly last episode, is, the thing about a giant robot is that it's stupid, uh, and it doesn't, <laughs> and it doesn't work or make sense in any context, um, because it's, it's just too hard to armor, it's too hard to pilot, it's too, you know, like, it's, it's just like a bipedal metal, like a giant robot piloted by a human, it's just a really bad idea. So Tomino came up with a universe in which it would be a good idea. Uh, which is he invented Minovsky physics. Um, uh, Yeah, I didn't understand that. That whole thing. They do do not explain it. I only know what it is. I've I've had it explained to me (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, at previous points. So so uh, the Minovsky particle is like a specific like I don't remember all the details, but basically the point is is that there exists in in the future there exist processes which can generate these Minovsky particles which interfere with um, like like targeting systems and radar and stuff like that which make long range combat much less effective. Um, so it allows you to sort of disrupt, like, for instance, like the targeting system on a missile or the radar or like, you know, a plane radar and stuff like that, which necessitates the invention of bipedal robots that can engage in hand to hand combat. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah, Let's sure. Go we'll, we'll go with that. Like, you know, it, it does. It's it, it it's it does make sense, quote unquote. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's 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 a hand wavy, but it's it's there. Like, yeah. All right. All right. I was. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was gonna make a joke about because there's. If you, have you have you read the Dark Materials, right? Uh, no, I've never read them. I, I read. I tried to read the okay. Golden Compass as a child and found it interminably boring. So yeah, there's there's some particles in there, and one of the names they use them like reminded me of that. Ah. Um, but then it turns out those are like they're like tiny little angels. Uh, it's ridiculous, but. Uh, I don't think the, I don't think angels affect uh, long range targeting systems. So this isn't this isn't an extended universe <laughs> thing like like so many of our other yeah where animes. we slowly discover that all anime is in the same universe. Yeah, well, well you know you know the uh, you know the Tommy Westfall <laughs> universe theory. Uh, if I have, I've it's this that. it's this like fan theory about uh. The, so Tommy Westfall was a, a character on the 80s hospital drama Saint Elsewhere. Um, okay. And the last episode of Saint Elsewhere implies that the entire show takes place in the mind of Tommy Westfall. Good luck. The thing about this is that Saint Elsewhere did a lot of crossovers with other TV shows. 
Um, uh, and both okay. characters from St. Elsewhere showing up on other TV shows and the characters from other TV shows showing up on St. Elsewhere. Uh, and if you follow this out to its most logical conclusion, uh, there's like 500 TV shows that are implied to all be taking place in the brain of this one kid from St. Elsewhere. <laughs> uh, it's a very, it's, it's very dumb. I love it. Um, so yeah, we need, we're, what we need to do is we need to find the Tommy Westfall of anime. Uh, got um, it. Um, so yes, the the other thing about Minovsky particles is that I always typo. I mean, if there's any, if there's if, if there's anyone, it's uh, Asakusa. <laughs> <laughs> the ta- yeah, who, who 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 could who could rotate five hundred animes in her mind at once. <laughs> um. Yeah, the other thing about Minkowski particles is that I always I always want to call them Minkowski particles because Minkowski, Herman Minkowski was a real a real guy, uh, and he has this he like there's a super important concept in general relativity called Minkowski space, uh, and there's also a slightly less important concept in topology called a Minkowski sausage. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um. So yeah. Um, Minkowski sausage. If there's too much sausage in space, it makes guns not work right. Um, is the uh, is the bottom line. So 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 in a, in effect, this show is about the problems that arise with too much sausage when, when you when you finally because, learn how to sausage. When you when you've got a sausage fest, <laughs> it just it just wrecks everything. Um, yeah. Before we meet Amaro. Yeah, uh, and before anything in this show happens, the first thing that we see, and the first thing that we most importantly hear, is the, this show's incredible theme song. It's it's a bomb. It's so it is it is a incredible slice of just like seventies disco cheese. It's yeah. like it's a harrowing window into a time <laughs> when literally everything, including anime, was disco. Um, and and I don't say that as a disco hater. I like disco. I like this theme song. But it's like wow, they were like they made a giant robot show with a disco theme theme tune. Like the, the theme song to the it sounds like the Family Feud theme. It's it's so it's so good. Um, it's it's really amazing, and it's just got this this like male vocalist, and he's just fucking going for it as hard as he can. Um, ugh, it's so good. Highly recommend. I mean, all the music in this show is really excellent because it's like all, it's an all disco soundtrack. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. There's like a few like more like sort of slow, poignant pieces that are like solo horn and piano or like horn and piano duet kind of things or like horn and strings. But most of it is, it's just all disco. Um, uh, and the other thing, the other thing about this show is that it sort that sort of struck me initially uh, upon looking at it is that this show looks like a Hanna Barbera cartoon. Uh, like this show looks like 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 Grape Ape or some shit. <laughs> um, you know, you can see um, like even even later like '80s or '90s anime has like is better at sort of hiding its use of limited animation, whereas in this, it's just like. 
there's a, a bit in in one of the first couple of episodes where like part of the spaceship that they're on explodes and this lady gets sent flying across the room and rather than have her like animated like flailing her arms or anything they just like have a a single cell of her like tiny in the background in a single pose and just move it across this this <laughs> it's very funny truly really getting eaten um so yeah so Zeon attacks uh Zeon is so like there are like two Zaku's like sent out to scout for um for the Gundam uh the Federation mobile suit um and um they they find it and then they decide to just attack it um on their own rather than reporting back and they kill a bunch of people they blow a big hole in the space station um, and then uh, while everybody is screaming and running, one of the scientists drops like the operational manual for uh, for the Gundam. And Amuro is like, oh, cool. Wow, cool. Amuro is like, wow, cool robot. Uh, and, and, and like Neo in the Matrix, he just like plugs it in and yeah. slurps. So he just up. like sits like cross-legged on the ground and reads this entire manual in like minutes uh, and then decides that he has to do something to, like, save everybody. And so he climbs into the Gundam and he learns how to pilot it. Um, and and there, at this point in the show, there have been hints at why Amaro is, is particularly well-suited for piloting the Gundam. Uh, we will not... We have not yet heard the full thing. Which is, so, like, a thing in the Gundam universe is new types. Which are, like, people with, like enhanced like mental and psychic abilities as a result uh, of growing up in space uh, um, mutations yeah and so so lots of major gundam characters are new types which gives them in addition to a number of other benefits the ability to pilot a giant robot really well uh, but at, at this point in the show we have not yet we've not yet been informed of new types um, right. Yeah. So yeah, in the first twenty-one episodes, we just hear someone says that Amaro might be an esper. Yeah, and, and people keep sort of like vaguely alluding to the fact that he's a lot better than he should be, you know, and like he's he's better at piloting yeah. the Gundam than anybody else, you know, for some mysterious reason. Um, and so yes, so uh, so he gets in the robot, he pilots it. Uh, and his, his dad's like, what? Yeah, because his dad what? was working on the Gundam project, crucially. What? 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 Uh, Who's in my robot? It's 3 a.m. Do you know where your robot it's is? It's 3 a.m. Do you know where your robot is? Um, so, so, yeah, so he wobbles around for a bit and then gets um, yeah. his sea legs and then has his first of many, many traumas. Yes, uh, he, he murders a man. When he murders a dude. He murders, like, that, yeah. that is something that this show is extremely good at, is constantly, if not characterizing even the grunts that, that Amaro faces, but constantly reminding you that there are human beings in the planes that he and robots that he destroys. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's constantly cutting to them. It's constantly, um, you know, reminding, you know, uh, and... and and doing that sort of work to like remind you that like these people may be assholes, but they are people that he's murdering by making their yeah, robots it, blow up. And it, yeah, I was reminded of yeah of this bit when down way down in episode twenty when uh, Sela 
who will meet she when she has her first murder it's like it's very pointed yeah that like this is the first time she's she's put a man in concrete yeah um yeah oh right it's not the zakus that blow a hole inside seven it's uh amaro like stabs the zaku's engine and it blows up and the explosion destroys uh blows up the hole inside seven. <laughs> oh right that, that yeah that's why i just wrote my notes oops oops yeah so then he has to like start he like helps rescue everybody and get them onto white basil uh which is this big horse-shaped ship uh that they use for- <laughs> i never thought of it as a well, that's why they call but... it the Trojan Horse. Um, oh, that's why they call it the Trojan yeah, Horse? Yeah, because it's shaped like a horse. <laughs> uh, okay. And it's, tra- it's translated into English as a Trojan Horse. They actually call it the Wooden Horse. but The Wooden Horse. Um, uh, yeah, they, that's why they call it the Trojan Horse. It's because it's, it kind of looks like a horse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it, so I have a note from episode one. Uh, I think this is something Amaro says. So something along the lines of are are these big suits more important than humans? Mm. Uh, Do you remember the context of that? I'm looking through my screenshot. I I think he's he's he might be talking to his dad or someone about um, all the the last few stragglers from the the city that they're evacuating. I think he's trying to save them and like yeah. the soldiers are working on the Gundam and ironically guess who will start to prioritize big suits over humans mm. um, so yeah so then as, a bunch of soldiers are dying on. and so like a bunch of the kids start to like do stuff on the ship and this is basically how, right. how this is set up is that like the entire crew of the white base after the first couple of episodes is teenagers uh, because pretty much. pretty much because all of the adult soldiers are killed. Uh, how old is Bright supposed to be? I would guess like yeah. 23. The, the <laughs> pretty, de facto commander. Uh, but then again, uh, uh, sun, Sunshine Ages. So let me see. Because that, that fucking, the fuck, fucking mustache guy is canonic like quote unquote canonically like the must the oh, super, Rose, uh, yeah te- oh, teddy roosevelt yes teddy, uh the the zeon mustache guy is like canonically yeah. 35 years old even though they and it's like if you wanted to make Ram, a 35 rambaral yes if you wanted to if you wanted to draw 30 if you wanted him to be 35 you should have drawn a 35 year old instead of a 65 that's, year old yeah that's extremely funny uh, but yeah, so the uh, episode, yeah, episode two, I just called it "Kids in the Adult Man." He, <laughs> Bright, okay, Bright, Bright is apparently nineteen. Oh Lord, Bajars. Uh Good Buddy, fucking Christ. Moisturize. Uh, and then yeah, so so at some point they 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 briefly hand ring over putting like sixteen year old Amuro in a in a death suit. And then they're like, well, there's a precedent for child soldiers. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's like, whenever anybody brings up like, hey, isn't it weird that this all of these soldiers are kids? People are just like, eh, it's happened before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, yeah, half, half of the show is just kid, kids getting traumatized and re-traumatized. Yeah. Uh, which is 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 definitely something that like 
you can see carried on into Ava. Um, oh yeah, yeah, big time of uh, and like uh, something that this show and that show have a lot in common, and that I kind of wasn't expecting this show to um, like deal with so much is mechs as a metaphor for growing up which is kind of obvious but it's mm. it's a really big thing in Ava and it is sort of a, a big thing in in this show especially like the ep- the last episode that we watched you know is talk, talks a lot about immaturity and like the sort of like last arc that we just that we just yeah. sort of watched is, is about um you know and like the thing that I I talked about in our Ava episode two years ago now good lord uh <laughs> I'm old. I'm old. I'm old now. I'm old, almost as old as Ramble Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> uh, you'll be there five years from February. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, how, how old is Hamon? His his wife. Uh, let me see. Uh, she is. No, no listed age on her Gundam Wikipedia page. <gasps> she's a she's a cipher. So let's see uh, what happens at the so episode two. Yeah, it's just boom, boom, getting the mech Amaro. Also, also in the first episode, we meet. We were introduced to to Char Ansible. Uh, Char Ansible. Uh, and he what, is a dipshit a with a fucking stupid hat, and I love him. Uh, yeah, he's he's great. Yeah, he's 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 our he's our asshole. Um, yeah, he's everybody's favorite asshole. Um, and he so he's a lieutenant commander in the Zeon Army, um, and he uh, pilots this Red Zaku, and uh, it quickly becomes Amaro's rival because Amaro can sort of make short work of of most of the the other Zakus, but Char Char he can't. Um, yeah, he's the Red Comet. The Red Comet. Um, and when we're first introduced to Char, we we get to see him out of his mech on the ground, and he uh, runs into Sayla, who is a resident of Side Seven and one of our one of our friends on the uh, one of the crewmates on the ship. Uh, I can't say crewmate without thinking about Among Us now. Uh, <laughs> oh, and she is sus. See, she is sus as hell. Uh, <laughs> If, she is she is definitely an imposter um and she she char takes off his helmet and we see that he's just like a blonde dipshit um and we sort of but so is she so, and so they must be related they then they are yes so there so we, we see this sort of thing where like oh we are, i know you from somewhere and then uh, and then amaro shows up and ruins it uh, ruins this moment and then like like Sela like uh, like realizes that like he's that's my that's my that's my long lost brother but yeah. like Char doesn't he's like no way she my sister is much more gentle than yeah. that lady yeah. she seems competent can't be my sister <laughs> yeah um, girl yeah girls can't pilot mech or shoot guns. Uh, the thing in this show that reminded me the most of Ava visually was how often this show goes into like super face close up with like weird colorful background. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and just like yeah. screaming. Yeah, as, as like you they... can see so much of the visual grammar of how like mech combat is portrayed, and that's something yeah. that I really really appreciate about the fights in this show. 
uh, it, it made me want to play Into the Breach again, which also does this super well, <laughs> which is um, like the sort of weight of, of the mechs. Like these mechs are not graceful things. Um, no, they 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 fall over. You know, they like they bounce around. You know, their movements are all really heavy and considered. Um, and and this show is extremely cognizant of all of the extreme G forces that piloting a mech entails. Um, yeah, which, the, the, a, yeah, the, the, the pilots get rattled. The pilots get like rattled. No like, and like so, like the way that they launch stuff out of the white base is they have this like like catapult like it's like hydraulic catapult or something like that um like launches them out um and and every time somebody launches with that thing for the first time it's it's like it is intense like uh there's a scene sort of a little bit later on where Amaro launches in the core fighter out of that thing uh and he like he straight up gets like g-force induced loss of consciousness like he just passes out oh yeah um yeah. Which is is kind of impressive because the G force that he is experiencing, uh, it's it, it's a lot of so like, dif- depending on the direction of the G force relative to your body, it's harder or e- it's more or less likely to lose consciousness. In that particular, so he's experiencing what's called eyes in G force, which is G forces <clears throat> that force you sort of back into your chair and you're going forward, um, which is actually kind of one of the easier G forces to withstand. Um, you can you can take a lot more g's that way than i was gonna say that's how that's how like astronauts. yeah that's an astronaut takeoff g-force yeah or like plane like the g-forces of taking off in a plane um whereas like uh the mu- much more dangerous is is like t- g's towards your feet because that forces blood out of your head uh, uh right. and that's really bad which is why fighter pilots in and i'm surprised i wish that this was in this show it would be so good if this is in the show because in real life, fighter pilots wear what are called G trousers, uh, and they are literally inflatable pants. Um, and they're you wear you wear them, and then they automatically inflate to basically like restrict the flow of blood into your lower body when you're doing high G maneuvers. Um, so yeah, and then in episode two, we also get this insane, very strange conversation between uh, uh, Bright and, and Sayla, where Bright is like, so where did you live before coming to side seven? And Sayla's like, do I have to answer that? And Bright's like, uh, <laughs> n- no. <laughs> yeah, so the other crew, so Bright is, uh, he's an actual officer. Yeah. Uh, then, I don't know if he's that, actually, I don't know if he's a, He's an like, he's he an officer. He's an officer, but he's not like a. Uh, he's, a he's a minor officer. Yeah. Then he gets promoted like at cadet. some point uh, because they realize he's the only he's the only one holding this. Yeah, because thing the guy who was originally in charge of the white base he gets he gets injured in the first couple of episodes and then dies. Oh uh, yeah, that weird th- that weird subplot with the military bureaucracy. Yeah, and he uh, keeps get, he's like getting you know wheeled around in his bed giving commands. Um, right, yeah, in episode right, right. three or four. What they what they decided to do is they decided to go to to Luna Two, uh, which is a base in a giant asteroid that uh, we that it's humanity a, has a like dragged a giant asteroid into the orbit of Earth to use it as a mine, uh, yeah. and um, so they land there and then the guy in charge of Luna Two is like, okay, you're all under arrest, military tribunal, uh, for a bunch of motherfuckers you're you suck um 
<laughs> yeah, he's just he's just he's just peak like military douchebag. Yeah, uh, and then of course he has his he he we all he, it's all a misunderstanding at the, by the end of it. Yeah, it's, because this, the the Xeon's uh, attack char char chases them there, and then it's basically just like all right, either this base is destroyed or you let us out to pilot the Gundam because literally only Amaro knows how to pilot the Gundam. Yeah, uh, and of course in real life it we we would take option A, uh, but. In, in, Gundam, in anime world, in Gundam, we're all reasonable people yeah. who just need a who just need a. a well, they essentially like stage a mutiny where they like they like break everybody out of prison and then like they just all start. Uh, they, Even more likely that he would just have them all killed. Yeah, and then they like sort of, and then they just like start like, all right, well, we're just gonna like use you know a welding torch to like cut the Gundam out of its restraints and then launch it, yeah. and then the guy shows up and is like, "What are you doing?" And they're just like, "What are you gonna do? Stop us?" And he's just like. You're right. I, I guess I can't do anything about this. <laughs> <laughs> but then he has that heartfelt talk with the dying yeah. commander. It's like, oh, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's just, he's just, he just likes rules a bit too much. Yeah, it's like I don't care. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Mirai is like, I don't care if soldiers die by those rules. Isn't it wrong for civilians to lose lives as a result, Commandant Wakain? Yeah, so Mirai is another of the of the kind of, of the teens um, of the. Teens. She she she's closer to Bright's age, I think. She might be a little bit older, yeah. Uh, yeah, are they banging? It, it's implied. It's, it's, it's it feels all. like oh she, no, absolutely not. She is Bright's sister. Uh, oh, whoops. Okay. Or is she? <laughs> I did not know that. Oh no, never mind. Yes, they are banging. I was I was okay. I, I was gonna say that. Um, given given Garma, <laughs> that, that wouldn't necessarily be. An obstacle on this show. No, never mind. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll yeah. get to the. We'll they are definitely. The, they are we'll absolutely one hundred percent banging, uh, and she is. Okay. She's eighteen, so yeah, she's she's about Bright's age. Uh, we'll get to the uh, purple-haired incest freak later. Bright, Bright is uh, like knowing that he's nineteen. We we can circle back to something that we talked about a long time ago in this podcast, which is the type of guy who wears a suit to school. Because uh, that's <laughs> I forgot about that's that. absolutely what Bright is. Oh, 100%. He is bright, because, like, he's, he's, like, quote-unquote 19, but he looks like that. Yeah. You know, he's, like, he's like already has a receding hairline. But Mariah is cool. Mariah is uh, cool, yeah. She's, she's, like, the only, like, she's really, like, the only sensible one. <laughs> yeah, she's the only, the like, only normal person in this entire ship. Like, Bright is, like, wears a suit to school. Yeah. Amaro is... Amaro. Yeah. Uh, Sela is sus. Yeah, she's highly uh, sus. Frau Bo is named Frau Bo. Yeah, and is also in love with uh, Amaro inexplicably. Yeah. Kai is just a is just a freak and a dirtbag and an, and a complete asshole. Kai is just this is just this little rat who they somehow pick up. <laughs> And and he, he never wants to do anything, and he's always just like <laughs> making these little snide remarks. And we're just like, "Shut up, Kai." Kai the thing, uh, a thought that I had, I was thinking about this last night because I was looking through. So we, uh, uh, so there was an article on on Anime News Network a couple of weeks ago, um, entitled yeah, "Gundam's I, Yoshiyuki Tomino Reminds Us All That Char Definitely Has Sex." Uh, uh, and it, yeah, uh, and, and she just, it's, it's a very weird thing. 
so Wait, what's, this, rega- what's this to do with Kai? Regarding the character of Char's love interest, Nanai, Tomino said, quote, to a certain degree as you get older, you can really understand a person through that part, parentheses, sex. And at those times, you can't detect, detach sex from your thinking. That's why I absolutely have to imagine what Nanai's vagina is like. It's something I particularly <laughs> think about during the script writing phase. Jesus Christ! What? Yeah, it gets worse from there. Uh, um... So yeah, it's a, it compl- it's a completely this. insane thing. But it, it does, like, Char, I agree that Char definitely has sex. Uh, Just not with women. No, definitely not with women. Uh, nobody <laughs> in the Federation except Kai has ever heard of sex. Uh, <laughs> Kai has never had and, sex, but he's heard about it. And, all, and everyone on this, and all the Zeons are gay. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so actually, actually, one more normal person who's probably heard of sex on the on the white horse is Ryu. Oh yeah, Ryu. Ryu has had sex. He, Ryu's the only. He, Ryu's the he's, only he's, one who's he's, had sex. He, he's our. He's our. Uh, he's, he's he's our lad, yeah. and he's he's completely normal, and of course they have to kill him. Ah. Uh. Uh, yes, he's very normal. He's too pure. He's he's too, pure too good. Too world. good. Too for this world. Too pure. Now remember uh, when people were calling what? everything cinnamon rolls? I'm glad we're I'm God, glad we're I'm glad we're past that yeah. top period of the internet. I, 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 hope, I hope that the tiny there. I hope that the guy the the onion writer who wrote that headline originally knows what he did. <sighs> probably, probably regrets it. Probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. A few years back, we would be described as a cinnamon roll by. By by certain individuals, but he's not a cinema because no, he's, he's like a tough guy. He's not. He's yeah. He's yeah. he's 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 he's, 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 he's chill, like a, he's, he's a like bro. he's kind of like Barrett from Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, yeah, he's a Barrett. Like, he's a Barrett like. Yeah. There are a few other dinky people on the ship, like Hayato. Yeah. Uh, there are these little tiny like, tiny people. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're not actually. They're not actually. I don't think they're not actually coded as like dwarfs they're just like children young yeah but they but they like act like the same age as like bright and stuff they act like children no they act like kids no no not not kika not kika and and the literal children i mean like like ryu's buddy ryu's like buddies who who are in the in the oh that guy yes the the gun tank or the gun okay he, but he's he's the same size as the like the eight year olds. He's a little taller, than that. which is. But he definitely has he has the face of like the mascot of a fifties style diner. Uh, right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's I, th- I think that's the important crew. Yeah, yeah, and we can talk about more yeah. of those people in the, in the future. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then we get. Uh, we get, we get the death of the original commander of the white base. Uh, we get this funeral for him. And the, the funeral scene is amazing because... So you get this, like, aerial shot, like, establishing shot of the funeral scene, like, slow zooming in. But the problem is, is that, like, if you want to do a zoom in like that, you have to redraw it every frame. And they can't afford to do that. So instead, they just have one frame for when it's way zoomed out. And it's, like, it's like really rough. Like, the... the, <laughs> the 
co- the body in the coffin is like a sort of like a weird like out roughly hourglass shape with a couple of like ovals on the side of it and then some rectangles coming out and a tiny tiny head and then it just slowly <laughs> zooms in on the body and you can just see more and more how like poorly drawn it is and then it like fades in onto like an actual uh <laughs> Uh, onto an, an, an like a, a closer up drawing with details, um, and a lot of like the the NPCs uh, in this show, like those sort of background characters, have a, a much like more American looking animation style than the major characters. You know, like like Amaro, you would never mistake Amaro for an American animate uh, for an American character, but. This I'm like looking at the screenshot of him like talking to this old guy showing him coffee beans and that old guy that old guy <laughs> oh, could yeah. be in an episode of Grape Ape, you know like that old guy <laughs> could be in a Scooby could be a Scooby Doo. So yeah, so old dude dies, so we don't need to worry about his name or what. Yeah. Um, uh, or attempting reentry. There's something about a salami capsule which gets which gets even more the the, the Minkowski sausage, obviously. Right, right, right. So the, yeah, so this is the you got so Earth is a sausage fest. Um, yeah, and so there's there's like a big battle that takes place between the the Xeon and the White Base as they're re-entering uh, Earth's right. atmosphere, and then the Gundam is like out, and then they it like heats up too much, and then they lose radio contact, and then and then it's the Gundam. Um, oh right, then he puts on his like uh, cling wrap. And what managed just to remember when Amar? Yeah, Amaro is is he's. This is when he's like, I gotta kill Char, gotta kill Char, gotta kill Char, and so like they had the little sortie, and then they were like, Amaro, we're we're uh, beginning reentry soon. You gotta get back inside, or else you're gonna burn up um, from from entering the atmosphere. And he was like, No, I gotta kill Char, gotta kill Char, gotta gotta gotta. And then um, one of the other, yeah, one of the Zaku's burns up, and then he Amaro starts burning up, but then like his ship very helpfully has a solution for him, and yeah, like he like it wraps this the mech in this weird transparent like film that uh, prevents it from burning up during during reentry. You don't remember that bit? Yeah, I remember. I remember now. Yes. Okay. Okay. The, yeah, the cling, the, the cling wrap. Um, so yeah, and so then we arrive on Earth, but we've we've crash landed in Zeon. Not crash landed, but we've we've arrived in Zeon territory, um, Zeon control territory on Earth. So, uh, the the white base has to escape to the Pacific Ocean, uh, and so. Judging by the direction, because they go across the Pacific Ocean and they find themselves in Central Asia, so it must be that Xeon controlled territory is America. Which sure. Oh, that that yeah. That, oh, is it, wait, oh, this is the Philip Roth extended universe. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the Philip K. Dick extended yeah. universe. <laughs> Both. Yeah. Just, um, never. Yeah. So d- d- never say Dick extended universe. <laughs> hey, I did not. <laughs> Word, word to the wise. <laughs> no, nothing good can end from saying thick extended universe. So yes, so I, I keep getting so distracted because I keep looking nope. at this this article about 
Tomino telling us that Char has sex. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> read, link, it, link it in the show I'll notes. Link it, it, but I'll link it in the show notes. Until I, then, no, try, I, to, I, try I, to purge I it. I need to read this. Oh, no. Okay. So, Because this article was in, in response to the whole thing about how Batman doesn't doesn't heroes don't do that oh, which right. why this, this yeah. article was posted recently so if you listen if you're listening to this like more than a month <laughs> there was a controversy <laughs> about a scene uh where batman was going to go down on catwoman and uh dc was like heroes don't do that uh, <laughs> and then we had we had uh, some of the worst Twitter we've had in a yeah, while, including uh, Zack Snyder tweeting a picture of Batman eating out yeah, Catwoman. That, that's that's what, yeah, yeah, that's that's what what really put it into the gutter. Uh, there were a few good jokes previously. Yeah. So uh, then, when it comes to matters of oral sex, Tomino is just as frank, stating that he expects voice actresses to be able to portray a level of expectation for sexual reciprocation. They start quote They start moaning as soon as their character gets touched by a man. There are times I find myself thinking that guy wasn't dexterous enough to warrant that reaction, or something like Have some pride when you're being made love to. I get really exasperated, wondering why on earth it was something like If this man doesn't lick my vagina, I'll beat the crap out of him. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, and then says okay okay incidentally don't count out amaro in the same interview tomina said that he really wanted to bring out a quote raw slash carnal feeling in the confrontation between amaro and char quote to the degree that you might wonder whether the two of them are homosexual well yeah yeah um <laughs> didn't need to tell me that um but yeah speaking of homosexuals uh garma so Garma, everyone say hi to Garma. This guy, he's too in love with his sister. Well, he's it's he. I mean, he's subliminating his his homosexuality in just kind of like obsessing over his sister. Yeah. Uh, because he and Char are are fucking. Yeah, him. He's in yeah. love with Char, but he's he's redirected this into being way too in love with his sister. Um, Kaisilia. Kais, yes, is her name. We don't meet her for quite some time. Yeah. Though. Um, he just he just, he just constantly like what will my older sister say about this? How will I explain this colossal failure to my sister? All I, all my my entire notes for this episode are uh oh incest klaxon, roly poly Gundam, Amaro angry, PTSD comics, and gay. <laughs> Mine are Garma is such a fucking dweeb, and then in all caps, he's too in love with his sister. Um, and then uh, I I noticed that there was a shot where you could tell exactly when they changed the cells because the cells had a ton of grain on them, uh, uh-huh. which happened a few times throughout the show. There were some some like cells that were just like super grainy, and you could tell exactly like which parts of the frame were changing at any in, at any given time. Yeah, one one thing that that is is really that I really like about this show is the way that it sort of, unlike a lot of cartoons that are this old, um, it's very sort of like story arc driven, and it's very like like stuff that happened in previous episodes has consequences in future episodes, um, and yeah. it's it's very it pays a lot of attention to uh, 
characters like accruing injuries the ship accruing damage uh you know mm. like in in later episodes you start to see like you know a character will get injured and then like you'll see them like with their arm in a sling or something like that right. um right. you know in in later episodes um and this, this is also around when i realized the show the show has like a, a certain star trek energy about it um mm. in mm-hmm. in the way that it's um, it's about a bunch of people standing around on the bridge of a ship coming up with solutions to space problems. Um, <laughs> the difference is is that on this show, the solution is always to deploy the Gundam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're not... They, the, and the one time Amuro tries to get creative and it fails. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, in this situation, the Gundam isn't the right thing to do. And then it blows up in his face. Yeah. It's and always Brighton the Gundam. Like, Listen to what I tell you. Get in the Gundam, Shinji. Um, so, yeah. And then at around this time, um, one, we get the first instance in which Amaro goes out and, like, does a fight. And then he comes back. And then he's pissed. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I actually am not... It's in the first fight with Garma, and I actually am not quite sure what precipitates it. Um, um, it's 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 a very intense fight, and I'm trying to figure out um, exactly. Let me look at the episode synopses. I think it's episode eight or nine. Um, no, that's we're. I mean. Uh, well, we, we, we were just talking about six. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit later. When? Yeah, Garm, when Garm... Garm shows up in episode six. And then... Yeah, yeah and then in episode seven um, uh, is when we first get introduced to the refugees and their desire to not be on the show Oh, anymore. yeah. Um, which is like a whole yeah. subplot of just... Like, the, the, it, I had such conflicted feelings because... On the one hand, I was constantly frustrated with these people because I couldn't believe that they would want to just be dropped off in a war zone, and I just didn't understand why they were being so stupid. But then I had to keep reminding myself, I literally live in a country where uh, there is a deadly virus that has been ravaging the world for over a year, and and there is a vaccine for it, and most people are like, nah... Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> yeah. There was a, there was another moment when I live in a country that like, elected Donald Trump president. You know, like I I have no yeah, leg to stand on telling <laughs> t- telling telling these people that their behavior is unrealistically dumb. And and I and I and I think it, this happens a couple of times where like the like a like a basically the like any like any like anti war. A character who, who wants to do something or is opposed to something that like the white horse is doing, uh, is is framed as like irrational and hysterical, and it like they kind of expect you to do the work of realizing why they're not. Uh, I when, uh, we get, don't know what you mean because well, um. Be, like like these like these refugees like they like you were saying you you were wondering like why are they being dumb why do they want to be dropped on a war zone and then but you like 
once you think once you like think through it like they're perfectly reasonable and i i I, like, st- I don't actually think they're perfectly reasonable i don't know why you think they're perfectly reasonable because like they don't care who like who's currently controlling the territory they just want to get off this no this i understand ship. that i so like the thing that happens a little bit later is that they land in the desert a bunch of them leave the ship and then are immediately shot dead by char um because oh right you know uh (laughs) like it's not about like like i i I don't think that they're wrong for not caring whether the territory is zeon or federation controlled i think they're wrong for not realizing that uh this the territory that they're being because the other thing is of course uh they're in the middle of the woods uh or the desert uh, and these people have children uh, with them, yeah. and they're just like, "Oh yeah, okay. I'm just gonna go walk through like the desert with my child and a backpack, and just like you know, see what happens." And I'm like, "Are you the dumbest person alive?" Um, you know, like I, I, okay, I, I, I simultaneously under it, it's I understand where they're coming from in the sense that they're scared to continue to be on the white base because they know it's a target, but also I think that. Uh, it's it the, i don't think that the show thinks that they're f- being fully rational about uh the okay, actual okay, risks of going outside <laughs> um okay because there is, you, there is a conversation that they have in that bit where where they all get shot by char and it, it it's actually like juxtaposed where one of them says like we're less safe on the white base than we would be out there because they only want to kill you. They don't care about us. And then they take a step off the white base and then are immediately killed by Char. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, but when they do, like when, when they are set down, uh, like it is in. Well, that, that's, like the, that, that's the second time they get set down. The first time they get set down, they do. We actually never really catch up with those people. They like go to some like abandoned buildings or whatever in the middle. There's like a small like collection of buildings by a lake, and they're like, "Cool, we're gonna go over there." Yeah. Except for this one lady who has a child named Coley, <laughs> which is you should be disqualified from having a child if you're gonna name if you're gonna name it Coley. Uh... <laughs> uh and and then she's like, oh, I'm gonna go off to my my husband's hometown, and then it's, it's of course been bombed into oblivion. Uh, um, and I think like I think on, I, honestly like this that section there, what it made me think of, and especially like a section a little bit, also a section a little bit later with the Zeon soldiers and the like uh, the like hospital that Char's mom is working at, yeah, um, yeah, is just like the the war doesn't care if you're a civilian you know right like the war doesn't like you don't you you like it may be it may seem rational and i think that this comes out of a place of this game being made by japanese people you know like this comes back comes around to a lot of the stuff we talked about in the game of the fireflies episode of just like like it may you may want to think that oh i'm not i don't care about the federation or zeon i'm not affiliated so nothing like this doesn't affect me uh and i don't have to be afraid of it um but the reality is actually that they neither zeon nor the federation give a shit about you and they will happily ruin your ruin your entire situation and kill you you know, just yeah. because you happen to be, you're a weird, suspicious shape walking towards them in the desert. You know? Right. 
yeah the uh, yeah the other ex- like example i had in mind was yeah seeing seeing his mother uh and kind of her response to like him being a soldier um we like because we do you want to jump ahead we also, or we also we get the sort of at around that time the lady walking off with with coley we get the 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 same sort of uh we get the sort of inversion of that where they run into a couple of Xeon soldiers that were shot down by char and they help each other out um, yeah, and then they're yeah. just sort of sitting around and chilling you know which is and and that's that's sort of the thing about this show is that it's it's not about like oh you should be afraid of these people or those people or whatever it's 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 more about like you know you, you know the question you might want to ask is like oh who are the good guys in this conflict and it's like what a stupid question you idiot um <laughs> you know like nobody here is good it's just a bunch of people killing each other um you know and when it comes down to it everybody is just sort of like ground up in the same machine that is just the war itself um uh, so yes so we were talking yeah so i think we i mean that's basically covering the entire refugee situation um right and the other thing that happens sort of in this arc is that amaro basically he there's that big fight and then he gets off the gundam and then he's just like you know he doesn't talk to anybody you know frabo tells him like well done and he just like walks past her and then like all, a bunch of other people show up and they tell him you know where to go oh, right um and they think that he's like trying to act all cool um you know the kids are like we baked a celebration cake for you uh and he's like eat 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 a- eat my entire ass buddy um and goes and hangs out in his room right yeah so you see yeah, he's he says he's tired of being scared all the time yeah uh, um. and like because like yeah like in evangelion like there's a point at which kind of the show has to kind of kind of shake you a little bit and be like don't forget these are fucking children yeah who are being forced to kill things yeah and that's the thing in that that this and after this point the show sort of repeatedly emphasizes this this point um you know and it it, it sort of because it's it's not so simple as like oh amaro is always sad after this or oh i you know like there are ups and downs there are times when he feels really like he's doing something really good or like he's you know feeling really successful and then there are times when you know the trauma or the stress just really get to him um in a way that feels really realistic and honest and also like i think works with this not just being a show about war but also being a show about growing up during war you know and the way in which like if you you know and like amaro is a child soldier which is like even more extreme but you know if you grew up in a situation like this where there's a war going on and it's you know like you are forced to grow up very fast and that growing up very fast is very stressful you know, or it, it can feel like you're, oh, I'm becoming an adult, you know, I'm, I'm doing all of this important stuff, you know, a lot of the time. And then it can also a lot of the time feel like, holy crap, I am 15 years old and I've killed 20 people. Um, right, right. Yeah, so he, 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 yeah, he definitely kind of swings back and forth. Um, yeah. But like when he, when he is feeling good, he's like, <laughs> he's an asshole. Yeah. 
and he loves killing things. Yeah. Uh, but then sometimes then but then it all catches up to him, and he he swings back to the other end of the pendulum, uh, and lashes out at people and hates himself, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So so yeah, this episode nine is when he's he's kind of this is the getting the robot Shinji bit where he refuses to fly um, and everyone is treating him like a petulant kid uh, so yes and then Frabo she, she volunteers to fly the Gundam and he's like you're a girl <laughs> And then it's and then I forget what what kind of snaps him, kind of out of that, and gets him back into the Gundam. Uh. But he, he says I hate to, th- uh, but but whatever it is, he says I hate to say this, but I guess I am a man. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's that whole that whole thing. It's oh man. Um. So yeah, he. <laughs> big uh big um questioned your gender and came up empty (laughs) Uh, energy yeah um so yes i'm going through my uh we also got amaro gazing wistfully at at a tomato i think it's actually a persimmon the tomato uh and then we you get the beginnings of of Char's charbitage uh, of Garma. So oh yeah, because because in that conversation, that's when Bright yells at him, um, and and Amaro is like, if you wanted to play the Gundam so badly, you should go ahead and it yourself. Uh, and Bright is like, I what if I I do it if I could? I don't need to be told by you. And Amaro's like, I shouldn't have to do it just because I can. And then he punches him. Uh, oh okay. And then he goes to uh, with his tomato. Uh, yeah, this whole conversation is weird because Amaro's like, you hit me. Not even my father ever hit me. And Bright is like, that's why you're such a spoiled brat. Show me a real man who's grown up wow. without being hit once. Wow. Uh, <laughs> also, Bright says, Amaro, right now you're no better than an insect. You know, given your great talent, I thought you'd be able to surpass Char. I'm disappointed. And that's what snaps him out of it is being reminded that Char is out there. Oh, um, got it, got it, got it. Uh, yeah, so meanwhile, Char um, realizes that Garma is too far in the closet and he's like engaged to this bimbo, uh, Isolina. And so as a result, Char is like, fuck you, Garma. Uh, you're, 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 you're getting in the way of my career and you're breaking my heart, so... Uh, it's time to it's time to send you off this mortal coil. Yeah, effectively. <laughs> yeah. So the white base is like hiding near a baseball, hiding in a baseball stadium, uh, in a, like a destroyed city, um, and because they they like go into a thunderstorm to escape Garma, and then um, they're hiding in this in this baseball stadium to uh, to avoid the rain and the thunder and the lightning. Um, and like all, every, all of like the the refugees that are still on the ship are like still like sitting around, and then like I don't know how like it's so, like Frabo like returns a woman's baby to her, and then is and then she's like, oh, I looked away for one second and we got separated. I'm like, you've been in the same room for months. How did you lose your baby? <laughs> like <laughs> the dingo 
Yeah, it's it's like it's you you haven't left this room in weeks. What are you what are you talking about? You lost your baby. <laughs> uh, but I forgot they were in New York. Uh, oh, is that where they when, are? When it says yeah, in the episode where Garma eats it, it says Garma's task force consisting of gauze. Pursue white base to the now ruined city of New York. New Y A Y A R K. New York. <laughs> um, I did not. I did not notice that it was. It was New York. <laughs> me, me. It's because a little bit earlier, a few episodes earlier, they're at the quote Great Canyon. Um. Uh, so yeah, so they oh right, so this is the episode where they um yeah, so the white base is, is is creeping along like a little insect, trying to avoid detection by the Zeons. And so they um post up in Yankee Stadium uh, to try and hide out. Yeah. And Garma's like, Alright, carpet bomb. Did you mean Yarky Stadium? <laughs> Yarky Stadium. Uh and then and then at some oh yeah so at some point when they're trying to kind of flush out the white base uh the gundam and the gun tank and the gun cannon are are are, are creeping around and garma like runs into them and decides for his own inscrutable purposes to uh give give garma some uh bad intel which leads him to get ambushed by the white base which has its own its own guns yeah because char is at this point actively trying to get garma killed um right. and and <laughs> char puts his hand on garma's shoulder and it's like don't be hasty for glory just because of a girl try to calm down and then garma like he's like twirling his bangs and he's like so he thinks i'm anxious because i'm isolina silly and then he looks off and with the least calm voice and face in the universe he's like i'm calm i am calm <laughs> which is exactly what i say whenever i'm calm <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so the, garma beat garma eats it yes garma like he tries to like do just like uh fly his gaw into the into the white base to destroy it and then oh, it's it stopped wow. by the gundam um yeah. and then and then isolina bimbo is pissed is pissed and she decides that she's gonna also we meet we meet garma's family the ruling house of zeon uh, they're a weird. They're a, they're weird, a weird group bunch. of people. Uh, the the little ruler of Zeon is uh, is Dave Lang of of Iron Galaxy. <laughs> uh, he's just this like bald guy with like tiny like glasses. Um, little like yeah, little like blue sunglasses. Yeah, and like any when they're on Zeon, and then also when they're at that like big ball is like oh it's it this is just utena it's like it gets like peak, peak <laughs> utena situation i don't know why like yeah. like there's like a trope in a lot of like japanese media of like people having very fancy parties in like lavish like ballrooms in the french rococo style um that's a thing that happens in this show is a thing that happens in utena it's a thing that happens in the video game tokimeki memorial um it's just sort of like that's where you have a fancy party is in a french rococo ballroom and i'm just i just don't i don't know why i came to this conclusion because i don't think there are too many french rococo ballrooms in japan 
Well, that's why they they have FOMO. <laughs> You're not missing out on anything. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, Isolina, like, basically, cons- like, hijacks a ship or something. She, no, she, she like, joins, she, like, basically, like, they're, they're, like, oh, we'll let you come along on, um... Do, do a ride-along. Yeah, do a ride-along <laughs> on this military mission. Um... And then, and then she, yeah, then she sort of takes the reins and beefs She goes there. into Garma's room and looks... And gazes longingly at the enormous <laughs> painting of Garma on the wall. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, and it's like, please let me aboard. Uh, and then the Gundam and the the uh, gun cannon like take down the plane. They like start ripping pieces off of planes and and stuff like that. And um, oh, they start like hopping from plane to plane, yeah. just like punching the shit out of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and then we get to the place where uh, they land in the desert and then several of the refugees leave the ship without permission and then Char just like shows up and just like pops some of them. Okay. Is, is this before or after uh, Isolina? It's after Isolina it. dies. Okay. Yeah, the, and then yeah, Char gets really demoted and we she, don't see him for a while. Yeah, where Isolina is like, he gets out of the crashed plane and Amuro sees her. He's like, what the fuck? Because um, she, she's just wearing her like normal clothes yeah. and holding a gun. And then, how does she... So she falls off the ship. Does she get shot, or... No, she. I think she just trips and falls she, and she, dies. <laughs> and lands directly okay. on her head. Yeah, After pointing and, and, a gun and, and, at, uh, at... 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 I, I don't know, and being like... And being like, I want vengeance. Uh-huh. And I was like, vengeance? Vengeance, vengeance on me? Vengeance. On, on me? And then, she, and then she trips and he just watches yeah. her fall. And he just watches her fall and like, land directly on her head and die. And he's just like, that was weird. <laughs> why would, it, it why sure would anybody want vengeance on me? <laughs> Not like I've killed anyone. I'm a, little, I'm a little baby. I did nothing. <laughs> you want to a little guy? You want a little guy on his birthday? <laughs> uh, and then they I, they bury Isolina in a grave in the desert. I think they I think they do dig a grave. I think it's for Isolina. Yeah. And then we get. Uh, we get we get a, a look at Amaro's r slash male living space, uh, <laughs> which is like there's just the, like the episode opens with a shot of him just sitting on the floor in a completely empty room with like some precision screwdrivers like working on and like a manual on the floor like working on some kind of machine, um, and then Fraubo like brings him a sandwich and is like you can't you can't be doing this you gotta sleep and he's like ah oh, whatever and then there's just this amazing shot of him like standing in just like a, a room that's completely empty save for a table with a, a tray with a sandwich on it and it's just like like it's lit like there's like a light pouring in through a window but it's like dark and <laughs> completely dark in there and he's just like he's just in jeans and a tank top and he's just like got like the most contented look on his face because <laughs> he just eats this sandwich love a sandwich um so yeah, my only notes for this entire episode is just PTSD party. Is this when his eyes go white? Yes, this That's is the episode. Where it's a little later in the episode because uh, because Ryu, I think, goes into his room to be like, "Hey, you gotta pilot the Gundam," and he's like just sitting, facing in his bed, like with a blanket on, and then he's facing oh, away yeah. from his television, and his eyes are just like pure white as it just like zooms in on his face. Yeah, so he's he, yeah, so he has a uh, he has yeah, and he's completely out of it. 
some sort of panic attack or something and so like that's when he he's like basically half con- semi-conscious yeah like really like, like drags him like, like they just like cram him into into the gun yeah, sh- and he's like what and he's like dissociating yeah uh and then that's yeah that's that's when he passes out during the during the launch. no that's not when he passes out during the launch that was that was episodes no? ago that's when he that's when they launch uh, him out of the core fighter to like try there's some sort of like strategy about like him sh- overshooting some zeon guy to get uh, someplace oh right 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 yeah and that's right. when he passes out is is because of the extreme yeah. g-forces because they've never launched the uh the core fighter uh that way before yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is the episode where we are introduced to the rambaral rambaral and the blue the blue zaku the, the goof <laughs> the goof the goof golf the goof the goof so yeah so i called him teddy roosevelt because like for whatever reason, Rambaral just made me think of Rough Riders. <laughs> Why uh, does is, Rough Riders make me think of Teddy is, Roosevelt? Because Teddy Roosevelt, he, he that, that's they were his regiment uh, during. Oh, like uh, yeah, he um, he was the second in command, and then he t- then he took them over. Uh, yeah, I associate war I associate Rough Riders exclusively with DMX. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, di- di- yeah, yeah, different Rough Riders. Um, man, uh, I would love to go back in time and play the Rough Riders anthem for Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, they fought. They fought in the Spanish-American War, uh, and yeah, then Teddy Roosevelt like. Wrote his like book about them and made them like this thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just just yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if there was any. I um, I doubt it was any sort of intentional because it it it's just I think it's my yeah. It's not. They, they, don't, they don't sound the same. He doesn't look like Teddy Roosevelt. He it's looks just, like uh. He looks like somebody. He looks like fuck. He looks like Nick Offerman, uh. Actually, uh. The guy who played uh. What's his name on Parks and Rec? Um. <laughs> I'm right. I know. I'm completely right. Ron Swanson, yeah, from Parks and Recreation, is exactly what Rama Rao looks like. Jesus God, Christ, if you were to make so... a live-action Hollywood Gundam movie, which they should not do, but Nick Offerman would be an amazing cast for Rama Rao. <laughs> the Rama Rao is the is 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 later of this 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 uh, crew. Yeah, uh, and his his they they're un you know they're unconventional because like his wife or girlfriend is like part of the crew yeah uh and they're just they're just like a, they're just they're just they're just dudes it's just it's it's, it's most dudes rock we get yeah they're just guys uh, being dudes the and they, they fight he has a blue zaku that's really powerful and it has like a big weird tentacle that has electricity in it yeah yeah um and so they for whatever reason they've they've decided to be the garma vengeance squad yeah uh, because at the end of that, uh, at the end of this episode, we see a Garma's state funeral, uh, which is just like yeah. it's like this like big Nazi propaganda moment. Um, 
um, where we sort of learn a little bit more, and then we get then we get Char. What what has become of Char? <laughs> this is the last we see of Char. Is that he's in like a white linen suit, sitting in just like the dingiest bar in the universe with sunglasses on, um, watching the funeral. On, yeah, on, and on it's a just like I TV. could hear Gaucho by Steely Dan, just like playing distantly in the background as he takes a sip of his whiskey. Like he just and he just. Yeah, it's the most it's the most seventies thing in this show, apart from the theme music. Yeah. Still don't know like we we still haven't learned like exactly what his deal is. Uh, but his deal clearly isn't uh the Xeon and the Zabi family. Yeah. Um Yeah, God, his outfit in that scene is just unbelievably good. <laughs> Uh, he looks like a antebellum lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am no 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 contra lawyer. I am no big shitty you, lawyer. <laughs> but do, do you kids do you kids know where I get some some fucking acid? Can any of you kids point me in the direction of some fucking acid? That 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 voice. I lost that voice. It went somewhere else. <laughs> that voice became a muppet voice all of a sudden. So yeah, so he's just he's just he's uh, watching the state funeral and laughing, and, um, and then we get then he goes off to to live his noir life. Yeah, he'll be back uh, in a few. Then episodes. we get all then we get all quiet on the Western Front. Well, we get a beach episode actually. Uh, uh, no, that's that's fifteen. This is well, fif- uh, no, well, the right after that. I have screenshots of the beach. It's not like a beach episode, Let's, but it, they're like lounging on the uh, beach, and then oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, so they 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 they're still on Earth, kind of kind of tootling around, and yeah, and so the girls are posted up on on beach chairs, chilling with cocktails, and the and the Kai and the bros are being bros. Yeah, and also the ship yeah. is like, it's like in docked in like a cove, and it's like covered in moss, and it looks sick as hell. <laughs> and meanwhile, Amaro is off on serious business. Yes, he's uh, flown to go and find his mom. His mother's hometown. And so, again, this, I don't, I don't think the, the, it's not similar enough to be intentional or like, even especially like relevant like the Rough Riders thing but uh, yeah what this made me think of was uh, All Quiet on the Western Front yeah. um, when the main character goes is on leave and goes home to visit and just absolutely cannot deal with the kind of contrast of civilian life with with the complete and utter hell that the World War One front uh, has been and he's like at the end he's just like I should not have you come home uh, and then he and so he goes back to the front to and dies um, so Amaro has not died yet uh, but he does go home and at first his mother's house is abandoned there's a bunch of drunk soldiers in it and then he gets in a fight with some of them and then a nice old lady tells him that uh, his mother is working at the refugee shelter uh, yeah the and we see why his mom is on earth is because he went Almaro went off to side seven with his dad right. 
Right, so yeah, his dad, his dad, uh, the the scientist, off to side seven to do science things and ask the mother to come, but she was like, I... She says, forgive me, Amaro, I just can't get used to living in space. And I'm like, every <laughs> parent on this show is really bad. <laughs> oh, you can't get used to living in space. You're just going to let your son move across, like, the universe to another planet? Like... What? Girl, What's wrong with you? A lot of bad parents around. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so he lands, but then like, all everyone at the shelter is like, gotta hide your plane. There's there's Zeons around uh, around, and so um, he hides the plane and and is is talking to his mother then the z on the shop anyways they they hide him in a bed within like the in the field hospital uh and try and try and disguise him but the um the zeon's approach has triggered alarms on the white base and they've alerted Amuro, and so his pager goes off and, and they're like only, the zeons, only a federation the soldier like, would have a pager a f- Federation pager. I would have recognized that ringtone. The, the official anywhere. Federation issue ringtone. <laughs> it's just it's, uh, it's it's just it's just disco. Yeah, it's just more disco. Yeah. And so it's yeah, like it's like a, it's like a shitty like MIDI version of the opening theme. <laughs> like a MIDI piano version. Like everybody had fucking bad to the bone on their Nokia. <laughs> Anyway, they are go. They go over. They're gonna pull up the pull off the blankets and reveal his uniform, and then pew, pew, pull the gun, and shoots shoots the guy them from under the covers, uh, and then uh, the other the other soldier uh, bails. Amaro freaks out and runs after him, and, pew, 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 pew. and then his mother's like, "What the fuck, man?" And then, yeah, this is what I was talking about earlier. Like, her initial response, like, at least to me, it felt like it felt like it was being framed as kind of, like, hysterical. Because she was like, uh, you sh- like, I didn't raise you to, to like, hurt other people or, or, or harm people. And he's like, but, like, I'm in a war. She's like, I don't care. You, you, you can't, yeah, she, you can't she, I mean, yeah, she's very much still on the, le- on, on the level of like killing people. Is it nice? And like, Amaro is and, like, I have a bigger problems to worry about, man. And, and then, and then, yeah, this, this was the point I was mentioned making before. Is that like, like she's, she's right. Like he's a six, eight year old. He's like, in no, like, sane world should he be doing what he's doing and but like he he treats this as a rejection of him uh, and tells her that she doesn't love him uh, and takes off and goes and goes and yeah uh, shoots his feelings a bit Uh, yeah I I thought that this was one of the more interesting episodes yeah I did like this episode uh because yeah it, it does it did like it does it it's it does do that sort of um kind of jarring contrast where like i feel like it's kind of trying to remind you that like we've become we've been so used to like 
the show with like these kids jumping in machines and shooting things like it, it this is another time when it reminds us that this is not okay or normal yeah uh, with with where whereas kind of like the outside perspective seems kind of like sh- like hysterical or extreme uh when you've been kind of chilling with the with the crew for so long but then when like if you think about it for a second you're like oh yeah she but uh, i also think it's a little bit more complicated than that because it's 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 not like amaro is wrong in the sense that if he hadn't done anything he would have died like true like it's 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 in the sense that like like i don't think that it's it's simply just like amaro is wrong and his mother is right um you know i i think that his mother i think that that amaro i guess it's more i guess it's more like a, it's it's more like a meta thing yeah. like um like her her position is the correct one broadly and so like the it is like the details is, like Amaro is in a, a completely impossible situation. Um, but like at no point should we like glorify or normalize what he's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when he, when he, when he, when he um, yells at her and runs off and gets in his plane, <laughs> there's like, there's a shot when, he, when, he, when his plane lifts off and it breaks the branch off a tree and little birds go ah and it's that's a bit on the nose uh, but that's something that this show does all the time it's like whenever a spaceship lands or anything like that it always shows just like how much shit is fucked up uh you know it just like shows like rocks breaking and buildings crumbling whenever the white base lands yeah um it's good stuff um yeah and then amaro like they hear that there's like a zeon like forward base somewhere around there and then amaro just like goes there and just like destroys it with laser eyes uh and there's a, uh, there's a wait which in this same episode at the end uh, of that episode oh oh yeah that's how he deals with his, with his feelings of rejection yeah is he it's by killing a bunch of people yeah as he goes to a zeon base and destroys all of that oh he, yeah yeah yeah. This... yeah i got that mixed up when he attacks the mind yeah that's, that's way later um yeah and he shoots he shoots big lasers out of his eyes um uh there's a great image i'm considering i'm probably going to use the shot of amaro with his with like like with his white eyes like freaking out uh, as the thumbnail but i'm considering using this image as the thumbnail because it really does look like a deep fried meme uh of of just like the gundam with like laser eyes and i should have like text uh, impact font text on it that says be gone thought Oh yeah, and so I, 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 yeah, and so after he decides that war is, uh, is good because otherwise the 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 cognitive dissonance would get a little much. He gets horny over uh, a lady in uniform. That was episodes and episodes ago. No, but he meets her again in episode fourteen. Oh, okay. Um, uh, episode fourteen opens up with a bunch of shots of like a bunch of like Zeon soldiers watching a magician magician at like a USO show. Uh, oh yeah, uh, and this there's like this whole sequence like in the Xeon base of them like getting into helicopters and stuff, and I was just like, this whole sequence needs to be set to Fortunate Son uh, <laughs> by Green's Clearwater Revival. I keep I, I've been like this entire time I've been watching this, I've been like the music to the show is great, but what if it had the corniest soundtrack in the universe? Uh, yeah, this is when this, this is when uh, Bright right, gets yeah. promoted. So so. Uh, 
the Federation like higher ups have been kind of keeping the white base at arm's length. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of this weird experimental yeah. stuff and it's ev- everyone on there is technically going against like military regulations. Yeah. Uh, and so when they have a kind of a, a kind of off the books like re- resupply um, meet up with, with the hot lady Matilda uh, and she at one point she like writes like uh so we're just guinea pigs in like in in terms of like figuring out new tactics uh because she's like all since you all are like young and like outsiders you've you've done some interesting you've done some interesting things that like we're learning from and he's like so we're guinea pigs and she's like oh so you don't like being a guinea pig ensign bright and that's so this is when he gets his promotion uh, and then, and then Amaro shows up, and yeah, this is when she says something to him, and he gets all horny, and then Frau gets super jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says sleep is part of a pilot's job too. He's like, "Damn, I'm gonna fucking sleep." Uh, and what <laughs> Bright, Bright says, "Is it such a crime to have taken control of the white base at Gundam?" And- <laughs> And it reminded me of that bit from The Simpsons where Bright is like, well, in the end, your only crime was violating U.S. law. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because every so often, like, they're reminded, like, technically, they could all be court-martialed and executed. Yeah. Uh, But they're like, wait, 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 what? Yeah, because like Amaro is like going back to his room after that, and then Frau is like, "Where have you been?" And he and he and he's like, "The bathroom." And she's like, "The bathroom's that way." And he's like, "Huh? So it is." And then just goes into his bedroom, (laughs) and she's like standing outside. She's like wrapped in like a long trench coat, like a like a like a a dame in a like forties noir film. It's it's a weird (laughs) sequence. It's great. Yeah, she's she's been like she's been like chain smoking outside his room. (laughs) It's a very noir scene. Where Kamara just like says something and then she calls him on his lie and he's just like, huh. <laughs> and he just walks away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. She gets super jealous about when uh, Hamon um, like talks to him too. That's, that's a fun subplot. Um, so, yeah. So then the Gundam is like out doing some sort of reconnaissance and then encounters all of these like guys on like weird hover speeders like at the like in Star Wars Episode 6 just just, bros hanging out uh they're just bros hanging out wanting to do some crimes and so they stick these pimple bombs on the on the mech yeah Um, and and then they they go home (laughs) and they get they get the fucking guy they get Omar who's like their bomb expert and he walks up to the thing and he like sticks some instruments into the bomb and he's like, I can definitely say this is a bomb. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, great. <laughs> and so and so Amro's like, if if I if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die alone! Naked facing God And then so he tells everyone else to get back in the uh, white horse and he'll he'll remove the bombs. Yeah, and and, and Frau Bo is having uh, is having a freak out. Yeah, she's going through it, um, and then the then the 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 beach bums who put the bombs 
They're uh, all like watching from a distance through binoculars. They're just, they're, yeah, they're just they're just they're just like sitting there drinking beer, watching Amaro, and, and counting down the thirty minutes to see if he'll uh, he'll blow up. And at one point, they're like, "Man, it really sucks that we don't have any like remote controlled bombs." <laughs> The guy's like, yeah, we all we, we we just get the shit stuff out here out in the boonies. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> and then and then uh, Amuro manages to to defuse all of them, and then they they uh, like eat them like a mile away, and then we have a big explosion. Uh, and then the bros take off their their Zion uniforms and, and drive off. They're like, we're just some guys. Can we just hey, go around? Are you a mech pilot? Is your mech? <laughs> Pretty cool. They say specifically, we're just some young guys from around here. <laughs> <laughs> and they ask for his autograph, and then... Yeah, and he just doesn't respond. And then just, and then just drive, and then drive And off. then we get episode 15, which is the episode that was never aired in English. Uh, really? Uh, it was apparently uh, Tomino thought it was so bad that he decided to cut it from the English the English release of the show when it was aired on Toonami in the 2000s. And it's actually like I was expecting it to be way worse. It's not that bad. It's yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah. Like I think what they're talking. Uh, I think what they mean is that the animation quality is not up to uh, up to snuff, uh, 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 okay, yeah. rather than like the writing or anything like that. Which which fair. Yeah. Because uh, we're in like like this part is like feels like a big slump in terms of animation quality. Like it feels like uh, there's just like a bunch of a, a run of episodes that just sort of like get worse and worse and worse. And then now by by episode twenty one things have gotten better again. But um, yeah. So yeah. So uh, <laughs> so this yeah. yeah the, 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 this the, is a weird. Yeah. This is a weird little episode. The like, thing about this episode and like all, honestly a lot of the episodes around this one is that it feels like the part of a jrpg when like the intro is over and the game like opens up and you can just there's like a few different things that you can do and you can just sort of do what you want for a while like it's, it's just like there's just like you're just do, like, like they're just doing side quests is what this part of yeah. what this part of the show feels like well this this, feel, this feels like a like like a bad like cowboy bebop like episodic yeah like, side story uh, yeah so they get an so... sos call to this island and then they show up on the island and there's two federation soldiers and they've been like severely injured and they're like tied to their chairs in their plane without their weapons um and then a bunch of children show up and start throwing rocks at amaro and tell him that he's annoying and that he should shut up (laughs) and then a zaku comes out um and the zaku is like is like relax you know just uh you know don't don't throw rocks at this man and then they, they get into it uh, and, it's, and it's just like, all right, well, just let me, because uh, I, because I remember there's like, let me have your, let me have your web, put your weapons down, and then I'll let you leave. And Don is like, because yeah. it's this guy named Don, uh, Dylan, uh, and he, and he's like, put your weapon, and and Amaro's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not just gonna do whatever a giant robot tells me to. Uh, <laughs> and Don is like, fine, then I guess I'll just have to be prepared to die. Um, and <laughs> destroys his core fighter, like or like crashes it into the, causes it to crash in the ocean. Um, yeah, so it kicks his ass, and then and then Amaro wakes up uh, in a little in a wooden hut, and there's some weird green haired. Uh, oh fuck! 
This is Tom Bombadil. I'm reading the Wikipedia article on Tom Bombadil, which says, The Tolkien scholar Verlin Flieger writes that if there was an opposite to Sauron in The Lord of the Rings, it would not be Aragorn, his political opponent, nor Gandalf, his spiritual enemy, but Tom Bombadil, the earthly master who is entirely free of the desire to dominate, and hence cannot be dominated. Right, right, yeah. So at one point, like... Tom Bombadil, the ultimate lambda male. <laughs> yeah, and so it's what made me think of that was the the weird girl who who yes. Umbra wakes up to see, uh, and she like uh, he's like who is Doe? And she's like he is the master. No, that's from Lord of the Rings. Um, uh, but yeah, but, the other, it's yeah. like Doe. He's weird because he just looks like an American cartoon character that somehow found his way into this <laughs> anime. Um, he's yeah. drawn really so, weirdly. So, he, so, he, yeah, so his deal is he he killed these kids' parents and realized um, that that was bad. That he was that that was a bad thing to do, and so he defected or just deserted. Yeah. Uh, took these kids and this weird elven maiden uh, to this island, and they're just they're just chilling there, living their lives. Uh, and then whenever whenever soldiers come near, he bonks them on the head uh like what's that what's that children's rhyme about um little bunny foo-foo uh picking up the field mice and bop it on the head no idea what you're talking uh, about. that's what he that's that's what he does to to um to soldiers on either side uh but amuro doesn't know this yet and he's just like um spinning around like a little angry top trying to find out where they hit his jet so he can get off the island and or kill Doan. But um, before he can he can make good on that, some Zeon forces attack because he's a because des- Doan is a deserter. Yeah, so and, he's yeah, and go. Doan is like, I'll show you mobile suit martial arts. I'll continue <laughs> to fight as long and as so- the children are watching. And then they punch the Zaku. <laughs> Yeah, so Amara protects the kids who he who he's he has hated until now, and then he helps Stone fight off the Zeons, and then he's like, "Oh, I get it. I get what this episode is trying to tell me." And then and then he's like, and then Don is like, "Yes, the best, the the battle sense." Yeah, Don is like, "Oh, it's a real shame that I have to keep doing this forever." And Amara is like, "Don't you think it's your scent of battle that attracts pursuers?" And Don is like, "Scent of battle." <laughs> And, and Amara says, let me wipe that scent away from you, Kukuristone. And then just picks up his Zaku and hurls it into the ocean. And then nothing and, and nothing more is said. Like well, like Tom Bobbidel, he no longer wishes to dominate anyone and, and therefore cannot be dominated. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what the scent of battle is, but... It's, it's his, it's his, it's his uh, desire to, like dominate other pilots entering his airspace once he once he relinqu- relinquishes all as uh, all militarism no no militarism I, I know what it is can, meta- can re- i know what it is can redound upon him i know what it is uh, metaphorically i don't know what it is <laughs> i i don't know what it is <laughs> you, know, you you want a realist explanation for the scent of battle don't you don't careful what you wish for i don't cause. want a realistic explanation for the scent of battle <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know what the fuck it means. <laughs> and why anybody would say it. 
this is actually why they had to they had to cut it because the, he couldn't figure out what the hell the center how to, battle how to, is. How, how, yeah, how to how to square that circle. Um, but it's it's a batch episode. But I I I thought it was more interesting than most. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, it's it a weird. It was certainly a weird episode. It, it was. It's it's yeah. It's super weird. Uh, in epi- my only note for episode sixteen is the two words social engineering. Mine are mine is no salt. Yes, they run out of salt. Uh, and, and then in all caps, goof. G O U F is the blue zaku. Uh, uh, I don't know why it's called the goof. The, the g- g- goof, but it, it, it is. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then they. They like kidnap a guy. So, yeah, so this is what this is when they yeah after after they, they, they take a prisoner um, of war and and Sayla like so Sayla is like oh I need to know about my big brother I need to know what the deal with Char is because I haven't heard from him in a while and then I and then she gets into the Gundam and and they go down and they're like oh she said she had special permission and, uh, and they're like you, she said she had special <laughs> orders and you just believed her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, one of the like the technician is like she said she had special orders. Was that not true? And Emma's like, of course it's not fucking true. Are you are you dumb? <laughs> are you getting enough oxygen to your brain? Are are you having a crap of me, mate? Uh, and so yeah, so she stumbles out into the desert in the Gundam and gets her ass kicked, and and Amaro saves her in the gun cannon. Um, oh yeah, is that when they take? The, yeah, that's when they take the the, the prisoner of war. Okay. Um, yeah, and then and then she 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 whispers like, "What's up? What the what the deal with Char?" And he's like, "Well, he got demoted. They're just pieced out." And she's like, "Yeah, he's just listening to he's dope. just sitting in a bar listening to Skilly Dan. He's been doing that the entire <laughs> time." And she's like, "Well, that's that's ideal, actually." Um, <laughs> the, the, the 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 summary for this episode is just. When the, when the crew runs out of salt, Sila Mass sorties with the Gundam without authorization in the hopes of finding out whether Char Ansible is her long-lost brother. They find salt in the end. <laughs> they do find salt in the end. <laughs> they, so, yeah. So, so they, they went to this salt lake and then found it had all gone dry. And instead of just, like, dredge, like scraping the salt off the bottom of the dry lake bed, they, they decide to, like, they're like, they're like oh wait this lake moves every 500 years it like it, it's like a bird it migrates yeah. south for the winter let's go let's go let's go lake chasing and then they find the real lake and then get the salt um yeah uh so then amaro amaro has to fix the plumbing amaro, uh eats dessert amaro sees a bra for the first time in his entire life uh, <laughs> i forgot that bit uh because he goes in and he like he like fixes some plum plumbing and then so yeah and it, so yeah Kika the 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 girl of in the in the baby crew yeah. it like breaks the breaks the sink and there's water everywhere he's like Amaro come hang up fix it then he walks into the girl's quarters and there's a bra hanging in front of the door and he sees that he just has he just then, has the most precious look on his face afterwards that should that should be that should be the i'm consider i'm process. also considering him looking uh, with then, stunned awe at a bra and then and then mariah just walks out topless I actually walk- he's like oh fuck <laughs> oh yeah so this is when he he tries to be a tactician yeah and so yeah uh, bright tells him to get out in the gun i mean he goes out in the gun can uh and and then, so yeah, and so the 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 yeah, so based on like what they knew, the gun cannon might have been fine, but then unexpected things happen as they always do, and then they need 
they need to bring out the uh, the Gundam anyway, and it's a, it's a whole fiasco. No, they don't go out the gun cannon. Bre- they go out the gun tank. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, too too many too many guns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then at, after afterwards, he overhears uh, Bright and Mirai deci- uh, discussing whether to replace him as the the gundam pilot yeah and then they're just like and and then well they're they're discussing the fact that they're going to replace him as the gundam pilot and then they notice that he's right there um (laughs) and then and then they're just like well this saves us the trouble of having to tell you and he's just like fuck you uh and so then he leaves and steals the gundam yeah um and then uh and then so yeah the next couple episodes are uh Amaro in the in the big world. We also get another uh, shot of Amaro's male living space as he sits in an abandoned building and eats out of a out of a tin can. Also in this episode, so when Frabo finally catches up with Amaro, I don't like I don't buy this. Like she, like he just goes out into the desert, like just out and then Frabo just drives out into the desert what? and finds him. Well, she went to like the 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 closest collection of buildings uh, like settlement and she just saw a giant fucking gundam lying on the ground and was like hey yeah but then but then uh amaro they're arguing about this and then amaro gets into the gundam is like you can't understand how i feel and then stands up and walking away in the middle of a in a giant robot in the middle of an argument is so fucking funny <laughs> Because he just, he just gets up and then he just right slowly there. just like walks away in this big robot while Frabo is like shouting after him. <laughs> yeah. The animation is so uh, funny. Uh, also, in the previous the, episode, we got introduced to that big yellow thing. Uh, the big yellow thing, the. What is it fucking called? called? The god? No. Or is that the, a different that's the purple thing? One. The yellow one is called the. It's like a verb or something. Uh, yeah, I've, I've forgotten. Uh, I'm looking at the wiki article. Whatever that, whatever, whatever it's called, I don't know. Uh, but that 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 fucking thing is uh, so. For some reason, just like the animations of it, just like hauling ass through the desert as fast as it possibly can, <laughs> is so funny to me. It looks yeah, it's really like a, dumb. It's like this like, little like round hovercraft. It's not a hovercraft, that, it has treads. Uh, uh, I told the yellow yeah. thing? Well, no, that's remember that when when they destroy it at the end, uh, Amaro's like, oh, it's a hovercraft. Oh. So I just, I just destroy one of the engines. Oh. And then it goes off. Then it, go, then it goes spinny, 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 that spinny. And he, he shoots the shit out of it. Yes, yes, um, yes. Okay. So yeah, so he, so he, so he, <laughs> he does the extremely power move of walking away from an argument in a Gundam. Yeah, and then decides to go blow up a mine. Uh, yeah, because the, th- the thing that Frabo says is the truth is that you're not confident that everyone will accept you. That's why you can't go back. And Amaro says, and Amaro, she's got him dead to rights, and he's like, you can't possibly understand how I feel. Uh, <laughs> uh, but also, AT, AT fields are AT fields are in full force. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like this is an, I mean, this is a big Ava thing. Like the idea of of running away from your responsibilities your responsibility as an adult being to pilot a giant robot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause yeah, later Mirai says he, or not Mirai, Frau says he has no idea how I feel. Yeah. Uh, so, 
Oh, so poor this is a good shot where Kai is like he like he's like got a revolver and he's like spinning it like revolver ocelot and he's like when Amaro gets back I'm gonna and he's like I'm gonna pop him but, he, but then he points the gun forward and then it just falls apart in his hand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, while, while Amaro is off being Amaro, he decides to go destroy this mine. Uh, yeah, because he finds it because he's heard that their Odessa Day, which is like the thing that the big operation that the Federation is planning, it's, it's, just, it's just it's just D Day. Yeah, it's supposed to be attacking a mine. It's not really D Day because they're attacking a mine and not doing a water landing into the south of France. It's a it's a, it's a salt sea. Over. Uh. <laughs> anyway, so he yeah he, then he, so yeah he knows that there's a big offensive plan involving a mine, and so he then he sees a mine while he's, while he's He's like, oh, a mine. This must be the Aha. mine. And, and, and then he's he's um, thinking he's gonna get his his Shinji congrats sequence without any of the without doing any of the work if he just destroys this mine. And so he goes in guns blazing, and up oh, as it so happens, Cassilia is there. Yeah, and they're flying uh, in like some uh, sort of weird like super god that like sh- has like a drone on it that shoots out tentacles that cause yeah. electricity. So. She puts on this totally aesthetic purple face mask. Yeah. Uh, and this, and she and her little minion take off and start kicking the it's shit It's the kind of, of face mask that screams, I have an OnlyFans. <laughs> Maybe. So, and, um, so... He let's see. So they they tra- they almost trapped the Gundam, and then again because Char kind of misled them about the capabilities, he escapes, blows more shit up. Uh, Kaecilia escapes. He he just yeah he. he and then they they, they destroy it. the base. And then Kaecilia is like, uh, we can't risk them getting our trade secrets, so. Just, 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 just blow it up, and yeah. her dude's like, "But there are people there." She's like, "Do you think I care? Do you think I fucking care?" Uh, <laughs> and then, so but, but man, you'll lose some of you'll lose OnlyFans subscribers. <laughs> you are, you are, you will lose subscribers. Yeah. you just posted. Uh, you just, so- you just killed people. You are going to lose subscribers. <laughs> And so Amaro pokes around in the in the ruins and finds uh, evidence that this is just like one of hundreds. Yeah, he finds of a piece mines. of paper he's that like, says that it's the number one hundred two mining base, and he's just like, "Does that mean that what I just destroyed was just one of many mining bases?" <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck! Why does everything I do suck?" And then he com- comes outside and finds a soldier dying, looking at a picture of um, a very a very prim and proper young lady yeah um and he gives and him a flare and the, some water he brings, yeah flare and some water and uh the, the guy's like hey kid i know you're not that neck pilot but if you were toughen the fuck don't up. go soft on your enemy <laughs> um. and then uh, uh amaro's because he he realized he's not gonna get his shinji congratulations he runs away again because he he runs away again. And then, and and then the next get... episode begins with him like dressed like one of the three wise men from the Bible. Yeah, I just, I just called this episode Casablanca um, 
because he finds this bar in the desert where where allies and enemies meet and uh you haven't seen Casablanca no. have you it's not it's nothing actually it's not actually anything like Casablanca uh, but you should watch Casablanca you're saying this uh, like you've just now discovered that I haven't seen Casablanca, as though we haven't been talking for months about how I should watch Casablanca. I, I'm doing a bit for the for the for the podcast. Uh... <laughs> uh, so this this is this is when he 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 scuttles into this bar, and then whoops! All the Zeons pull up, yeah. hooting and hollering that they want beers. Uh, and it's 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 Teddy Roosevelt and his uh, his Rambler riders, uh, and and Honda, the his wife. So, uh, what's her face? I've already forgotten Haman. her real name. Haman uh, sees Shinji <laughs> Amuro, and I'm not sure if she realizes that he's a Federation fucker or just is inappropriately uh interested in him but she like calls him over and they offer to buy him buy him a meal oh i i definitely interpreted this i don't know if this is the intended interpretation but i definitely interpret that scene as oh everybody in that zeon unit knows that she has some specific tastes (laughs) everybody knows what kind Uh, of manga she reads um i thought the, god if only zeon's banned manga then we could then then we'd know which side is the good side <laughs> in this in this uh but they didn't and so she's a pervert and so um but while amaro is trying to figure out an ex- excuse for not taking food from these people who definitely want him dead uh frabo shows up it blows his and, cover and blows his fucking cover. She's just wearing a Federation uniform like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ramble Rider is like, "Are you sure that's a Federation costume?" And the dude, and the other, the guy's like, "Dude, it is. It really is." Yeah. He's like, oh, "Okay, okay, okay," but then he just lets them go anyway because uh, it's this isn't the battlefield. No, he lets them go so, because they're gonna lead him back to the white base. That too, but that's the, that's he's the main also, reason. He's an, he's doing it under the pre- he's doing it under the pretense of like, oh, I'll let you go because I'm a nice guy, but it's it's entirely just to, yeah. Um, but he does he does love the old the old timey kind of trappings of war, uh, so he I'm sure he likes to think himself of himself as an honorable soldier, uh, and so and so yeah so. Uh, yeah, but this causes Amaro. <laughs> right. The, 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 the really funny thing, because uh, Frabo takes Amaro's hand to, to drag him out of the bar, and then like he looks back at, at uh, Haman, and she like winks at him, and he like drops her hand, and Frau is like, "You didn't want to see. You didn't want her to see us holding hands, huh? You fucker. You asshole." <laughs> And then she drives off, and he and he and he sulks off, and they follow her back to base, and it's 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 party time. Yeah, so there's a big fight. There's a really cool bit where they kill a Zaku by turning on the engines of the the white base, yeah. and he just gets blasted away like that gif of the skeleton getting destroyed by a nuclear bomb. <laughs> um. 
yeah, it's, that's Mirai being a being yeah. a clever, clever. Yeah, and then they like there's like the the golf is on top of the white base, and then she shakes them off by having the ship go upside down. She's, oh, she's yeah. really cool. And then there's like there's just like a fucking good ass dumb fight scene at the end of this between the Gundam and the Gulf. Uh, like the sort of final <laughs> yeah. confrontation where they fight, they, they fight just, with they swords. Just, it's so stupid. They rip each other to, sh- they rip each other to shreds, and they so they, they, they tear open the concrete, and they're both just like looking at each other, like it's you, it's you from the bar, the guy. Uh, yeah. And then Amaro like blows up the dude's Mac, or no, the other dude like. Yeah, Amaro blows up. Uh, no, neck. Amaro blows up his. Amaro stabs the engine, and then as it's about to blow up, he like, uh, oh, okay. uh, he, he, he like he like shoots out a grappling hook and grapples the Gundam's dick, <laughs> and like swings, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like remember, you know, you your strength didn't you're, win the battle. Yeah, it was the performance of your mobile yeah. suit. Don't forget it. Yeah, this is a, this is a great bit because he's like you're, he's basically like you're not special. Like you just have a very powerful suit. And uh, in the very next episode, Bright is like, "No, I'm a special," <laughs> because because the other soldiers are like, are are like, "What now? What now?" And then it, it turns out that Bright is just kind of waiting for Amro to kind of get back in the zone, and then all the other soldiers are like, "Fuck this shit." Treating him as the as the as the little chosen boy. Yeah, because they put him. And they so put him in solitary. Like, everyone else, everyone else deserts. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, they're just gonna cycle the entire cast of the show in and out of the brig, huh? <laughs> uh, and so because yeah, because all all the dudes have 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 gone off for a little for a little for a little a little, a little uh, beer and a and a. And a, a uh, sh- uh, sh- shooting the shit, sh- sh- shooting the shit session. Um, Sayla gets to pilot the Mac, even though she's a girl, and and uh, we can't ask a woman to tell us how to fight, uh, like Amaro says at one point. Uh, but Sayla kicks ass, and so um, <clears throat> she can transcend the her her miserable gender. And murder a fucking dude in a in, in a in a in a mech, and she does so, and we get a very dramatic uh, representation of kind of like we. It's, it's been a while since we saw someone kind of traumatized for the first time yeah. by by killing another person. And oh, that's right, right. It's a another another good good reminder, like uh, like the visiting home episode that kind of. Uh, Reminds you, reminds you that uh, this is fucked up. What exactly? What ex- what exactly this show is about? Um, and so then I just wrote beefed commando. Beefed commando. <laughs> so so, so some, name some of the guy from Victory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh right. So this is this is when um, the ramble ra- ramble rabble rousers are trying to basically take over the white horse and so they have this weird little like commando tank with a bunch of dudes sitting behind this weird t-shaped like uh all i can think of is those these those those giant um crossbow things from age of empires the scorpions it's got this weird it's the same sort of like weird t-shaped thing but anyway the um the 
Ramble Rao and his Rough Riders are going to go uh, basically board the white base. And so there's, there's one great little shot where like it shows these guys taking like taking off on their jetpacks from the from the tank and then before the last guy can get off just a missile just completely blows blows him away and then it, it cuts immediately it's the most like like unsentimental like this dude is dead moving along cut uh that we've seen and they get pretty far they it, uh they kill a bunch of unnamed uh white base soldiers yeah there's like a weird and... section where because this is where it cut where like the one thing comes up again where they're like they're in the elevator um Ramba Rao is like in the elevator i'm trying to find the screenshot that i have of it and like somebody asks him like isn't it weird that they're all child soldiers and he's just like well, you know, we're all having troop shortages, and then the elevator doors open, and he just like throws a grenade out, and they're just like fire, <laughs> like, <laughs> like and it's just like. <laughs> now watch, now, now watch this drive. Yeah, just and then you just like completely just like move on. <laughs> it's moving on. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 incredible, um, and so at this point, Sela has swapped out for Amuro because they've decided to to take him out of timeout. Yeah. Uh, because cause she's not as good of a pilot as he is. Uh, and so then, then she runs into uh, Rabble Rouser uh, in the ship, and he's like, oh, holy shit, Princess Artemisia. Uh, it's you. It's really you. And so like he was like her dad's friend, and so she has vague recollection of this kind of like weird uncle like throwing her at as a kid. Uh, and she's like, if I am the princess, then why are you putting a gun at me? And he's like, oops, 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 oops. And then she's like fucking... Sh- Takes a, takes a shot yeah. at him. Uh, she misses, but like uh, this is when Ryu comes up uh, and drives them back, but takes a bunch of bullets uh, as well. And so the invaders, the rabble, the rabble, are are holed up in one room on the ship, uh, making their kind of a the last stand, and then. Amuro in the Gundam just fucking blows a hole in the window and just peeks in like hi <laughs> and uh, Ramble Rao is like well this is it for me <laughs> the most completely bananas bit he's like uh, Bright and the rest of the gang are at the door and Amuro is peeking in the window he's like well, now, see the fate of a soldier. And he just, like, takes out a Molotov, lights it, and just walks... It just, like, falls out the window. It's and not a Molotov, it's a Amuro bomb. Ke- Amuro catches him, and he just blows up. Uh, it reminded... All I could think of was this scene from, I think, one of the new... One of the recent, like... I don't know if it was a God one of those weird Godzilla spinoffs or some monster thing. And yeah, it's just this guy like armed to the gills with like explosives and guns. And then he like goes and the monster just like whacks him with its tail. He just, (laughs) he just, he just like crashes into the side of a mountain, blows up off in the distance. And, And that's that it's completely out of control. Uh, so yeah, I wrote the fate of a soldier. When the dust clears, he's completely blown up on the Gundam, yeah. <laughs> lying completely dead on the pavement. 
so that's that's uh, Teddy Roosevelt um, bow, bowing out of our story. Um, so yeah, and then in the last episode that we watched, um, we get the death of Haman. Um, <gasps> you know, they're, they're okay. basically they like plan this like big drill assault, and then where they're gonna like ram the the big yellow thing into the side of the white base to destroy it. Uh, and then and then the Gundam like stops it and is holding it back and then they have like a plane come in to like uh, like shoot at its back like a hover a plane just like hovering it looks so stupid it looks really dumb yes so so like there are like on the hovercraft there are like little like turrets attached to it and they can de- they can uh, detach and uh, become little planes and so Haman is in one of those and so she she takes off and then and then no she's this, not in the plane yeah, she's it, still it, in the she's still in the yellow thing right well no 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 she's in the plane uh so she she was in the top of the uh, top of the yellow thing but that was oh yeah that was she one is of the, the, the deta- yeah, detachable yeah, right. planes and so this is like the equivalent of like trinity's dodge this from the matrix where she just like appears from behind uh point blank but <laughs> this time it doesn't actually work yeah uh, because ryu who, who was injured in the last fight he got shot um, in the in the, when Rama Rao's uh, Rough Riders got onto the uh... oh, it's the gallop is yes, the, white, the is gallop the is what it's called. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they're in there. Those weird little those weird little airplanes are called kiwis. Uh, and so Ryu, like he's been injured, he's like dragging himself around, like convinces Bright to like let Amaro out of the to pilot the Gundam, and then like gets and then climbs out of bed again to get into the plane. Yeah, Ryu spends the so this entire episode simultaneously bleeding out and and like solving every interpersonal yeah. crisis on the ship. If none of you motherfuckers are gonna do it, then I'll do it. Um, you people won't talk to each other, so I gotta do shit for you. Um, so yeah, so then Ryu gets in the, in the plane and rams the, the plane that Haman is in and they both, both the planes are destroyed and then, um, Amaro, uh, destroys one of the engines on the hovercraft and causes it to spin and then blows it up and then they, they realize that Ryu is dead and then they, they have, you know, they all, they all say stuff about him, you know. They're all like, it's my fault. No, it's my fault. No, it's my fault. And they fault. realize it's all of our faults. Uh, because specifically what Bright says is it's because of our immaturity that Ryu died. Um, uh, right, circling back to what you said earlier yeah. about um, the robot as a metaphor for growing up. Yeah, and that is the end of the 21st episode and the end of what we've watched so far. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes from here me too yeah like it has done enough to to make me interested um so alex do you have a book to recommend yes ah shit Ah, (laughs) Um, i'm keeping that in (laughs) (laughs) if i let's see if i can't think actually you know what fuck it i'll just recommend uh ways uh ways of seeing okay so this so ways of seeing is um a book based on kind of a not based on but building off of a television series that john berger and and some of his bros uh made imagine if your name was john berger john berger 
and so it's it was kind of a kind of a both popularization and um and exploration of some new theories of of art and art criticism and so it's kind of a series of essays the first one is um is basically a kind of a uh, popularization of uh, Walter Benjamin's um, art in the age of mechanical reproduction. But then some of the other ones are more original and they, they discuss uh, objectification in art. They discuss advertising. And the part that I kind of found most interesting because it was the one I was kind of least familiar with was the connection between the rise of oil painting and the ascendance of capitalism in uh, the like 1500s onwards. And yeah, a lot. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, a lot of it, a lot of it, especially this stuff about um, how women are represented in art and uh, how advertising works or doesn't felt very obvious because this was such a kind of influential uh book in in bring those ideas into the into the common uh, conversation but it's yeah it's still interesting and like and and like i said there there are bits there that uh i had forgotten about and and weren't nearly as kind of widespread and so it, it's still worth rereading i think uh, which is ways of seeing by john berger all right um is this the is it the first book by a man that i've i don't think so this? you recommended uh unclay by tf powys oh yeah that's right. uh, and definitely definitely other stuff um so i'm gonna recommend the temple of the golden pavilion by yukio mishima uh so, in in keeping with uh, cl- classics of of Japanese culture, that it sort of feels irrelevant whether or not I like them because they're just sort of interesting as cultural objects. Um, so this is a book uh, about so Kinkakudi, which is the temple of the Golden Pavilion, is a very famous and popular to visit uh, Buddhist temple out, just outside of Kyoto. Um, and in real life, in, uh, 1950, a, like, 22-year-old monk in training there burned it down. Um, it's since been rebuilt, um, but it was burned to the ground in 1950, uh, and, uh, six years later, in 1956, uh, Yukio Mishima published this book, which is a fictionalized account of the life of the guy who burned down the temple of the Golden Pavilion, um, who is a... um, And he... uh, It it reminds me a lot of The Catcher in the Rye um, in a lot of ways, um, in that it's about a sort of young man who has sort of entered into the world and discovered that it is much worse than he wishes that it was. Um, and it's, but it's, it's, it, it spends a lot of time on 
sort of Mizoguchi, who's the the, the narrator of uh, on his sort of like conception of the Temple of the Golden Pavilion, because his dad was a priest there as well, and his dad, uh, and he talks about how even before he saw the temple for the first time, his dad told him that it was the most beautiful thing in the world. And there's this really interesting chapter where he actually goes to see it for the first time, and he looks at it, and he's like, and he it 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 doesn't live up to what he has in his head um, of the of the idea of this beautiful temple and like the sort of way in which his conception of the temple changes over the course of his life um, and there's a there's it's it's a strange book um, he like meets this like weird guy who like named uh what's his name uh, Kashiwagi who is this like he had he like Kashiwagi he's the yakuza zero oh yeah uh he meets this guy named kashiwagi who uh is this like guy who like seduces women into loving him because of his club feet uh he's a he's he's a weirdo huh Uh, yeah that is um and um yeah and like there's there's like a whole section where like Kashiwagi keeps trying to set up Mizoguchi with like various girls and and Mizoguchi keeps uh basically failing to be able to have sex with them because as soon as he sees them naked he just imagines the the temple of the golden pavilion. Um, uh, it's a it's a weird weird thing and the it's and this this book is sort of interesting because so it's, oh, uh I, I I wasn't talking is why I cut out. Um, so Yukio Mishima was a, another a sort of fascinating guy because he was, he was super famous both in Japan and outside of Japan, um, in like the fifties and sixties, you know, his books were translated into English and they were hailed as like masterpieces. He was, you know, friends with a lot of really powerful people in Japan. And the reason why a lot of people in Japan know him today is both because of his books, but also because of how he died, which is that he tried to uh, carry out a coup against the Japanese government and then failed and committed seppuku. Um, Dang. um, Because he, uh, over the course of his life, especially over the course of the 1960s, so that happened, he died in 1970. Um... And over the course of the 1960s, he sort of became increasingly right-wing um, and and became increasingly sort of obsessed with the idea that, that Japan's infiltration by both communism and, like, Western-style materialism was destroying traditional Japanese culture. Um, and so he, yeah, so then he, he delivered a speech and then stabbed himself. Um, and it's weird to read the stuff that he's written knowing that that's how he turns out uh, yeah. but yeah um i would recommend i would i would recommend reading it um it's 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 another one of those things where you know you start to see like a bunch of later stuff emerging from this and like oh this is why this other mm. stuff is the way that it is um yeah so yeah, that is uh, The Temple of the Golden Pavilion by Yukio Mishima. Uh, so next month, we will be watching uh, the second half of Mobile Suit Gundam. We did not get any emails today, but we did get an... Ex- literally, I've been looking at, the e- at, our, at our email this whole time, 
because uh, I, I actually remember to like post a reminder about uh, yeah, uh, emailing us today. We did not get any emails, but we did get a really important spam email, um, which says uh, the sub the the subject line of this email is one hundred centimeter sex doll big sale three twenty eight USD USA warehouse one to three days delivery no tax. No tax. No tax. Um, and the, uh, the the body of the email is, Dear friend, good day. Those are both in sans serif fonts. And then in a serif font, it says, Hello, I'm the sales representative of, of youloverdoll.com. Glad to hear that you're on the market what for the sex hell? dolls. We specialize in this field sure for seven are. years with good quality and competitive price. Seven years. I'm glad to introduce you to our latest big sale doll. The 100 centimeter wow. American Beauty sex doll have big breast and tight pussy. Uh, Incredible. Yeah. Uh, we are currently... <laughs> Please do this real emails! We are, we are currently doing a best-selling activities. The original price is $456. The discount price is $328. The sale time is three days, so you can't miss it. And then there are attached two pictures. I'm not going to download them because I'm worried that they might give my computer a virus. But I am going to screenshot them and send them to you. Uh, Thanks. So you can see uh, this this highly lucrative offer. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, so yeah, send us emails. Um, in particular, if you have uh, if you have any like opinions or thoughts, totally or questions or anything about this stuff, but if you have uh, any interesting articles or books or anything that you've read. Uh, about Mobile Suit Gundam, I would love to read them because uh, one thing that I really, really loved about our Tenna episodes last year was we had all of those interviews with uh, yeah. Kunihiko Ikahara, yeah. um, and those provided some like really, both really funny, insane shit, uh, and also some interesting uh, perspectives on on the material. Right. Um, so I, I, yeah. I would love. I'm sure stuff like that is out there and exists for Mobile Suit Gundam because it's it's just as, if not more, popular than, than Utena. Um, so yeah, if, if any it's of just... you know of any of that stuff, please do write in to animeisforjerks at gmail.com. Uh, Alex, where can people find you on the you internet? Have... Oh, yeah, I was going to say, if you have weird sex doll stories, don't bother emailing. Oh, please also, sell, uh, also tell us, please. <laughs> God, if you have lucrative offers uh... on sex dolls... <laughs> What what is even a I mean that a lucrative offer is is, is suggests that you'll make money off of the deal. This isn't this. I mean, if I re, if I resold that sex doll at an extreme markup, I don't. Okay, we're we're cutting this. We're cutting this off at the at the at the. At the Are you implying that I would um, fuck the sex doll? No, I'm I I I I'm business minded. <laughs> Get your mind yeah, out of the gutter, yeah. Alex. You can find me in the gutter. <laughs> uh, dun 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 uh, on Twitter. Uh, on Mastodon, I am Catalina at selfie.army. That's selfie with a Y. I stream on the website trash.cloud. How about you, Cass? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at profit underscore goddess. You can find me on Mastodon at profit underscore goddess at skeleton.cool. You can find the video games that I make at profitgoddess.itch.io. No underscore. I also stream at trash.cloud. You can find the show on Twitter at animes for jerks. You can find the show on Mastodon at animes for jerks at skeleton.cool. Uh, and again, you can email us anything literally anything at 
uh, <laughs> you just said you you wrote in the anime in the anime channel speaking of the gutter as though anybody in that in the anime channel of our discord can hear our conversation right now and would know <laughs> that we were talking about the, the gutter. The li- They'll listen to this podcast and then they'll they'll remember. Oh, I, I'm gonna tell our podcast. I so was the thing there that, the, the thing that when history is being the thing made. that Alex just posted see, in the no, anime channel. See, see, I, I I know how long this episode is that you're gonna have to cut this out. I'm so not I'm gonna not, cut this I'm out. No. Uh, the thing that Alex has posted is a tweet from Twitter user Morgan Failchild, which says, "And this was a World War II era guide on how to soothe shell shock afflicted patients." And it is an image of a. Uh, a, a Japanese nurse with an enormous ass, just like a huge, like a Pixar mom ass. Um, and she is sitting on the face, like completely covering the eyes of this soldier who has his shirt off. Uh, this, tw- this, tw- this Twitter user is actually this. Actually, she's actually the one who wrote the, I'm just, it's, I'm, it's a little guy. It's my birthday. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a little guy. Birthday. Um, uh, so and it's in, it's in reply to a tweet from Twitter user Ann Otter tweet, uh, which says, you might not believe it, but this picture was part of the medical nurses guide released in 1901, how to fix a patient who has a panic fear of injection. And it is of another woman who has just a dump truck ass, uh, squeezing a man's head between her thighs. And the man is fully nude. And I think they've drawn in his erect penis. If you look closely, yes, um, um, yeah. So, 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 um, this tweet from for, former Shug Tycoon, now Morgan Failchild, caught basically. Uh, are they calling bullshit? I thought they were. I thought it was supplementary information. No, I'm saying. I think it's. I think the tone is like, and I'm the president of Russia. Uh, I mean, I don't think either of these people are telling the truth. Right. Uh, anyway. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Mobile Suit, more Mobile Suit Gundam, the rest of Mobile Suit Gundam next month. Uh, bye. Remember. And remember, there is nothing less important, nothing less important than anime. Than anime. <laughs> Why did you say We're it so like good. that? Because I was trying to time it with you. Good lord. There's nothing less important than anime. Good night. Night! Hey, yeah.